Hello and welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number 21. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how are you doing? Yeah, all very well as always at this end, mate. How about you? Been a busy week, I think. Yeah, I had some uh, some days off with the uh, kids. I've got a, a week off uh, coming up as well, but yeah, just spent some time with the kids. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be locked in a room and talk about football now. Too right, me too. So uh, this week we are mainly just covering uh, the fantasy relevant player news coming out of camp and uh, there's obviously been some pre-season action. Uh, we've got a few trades this week and uh, just a quick word on hard knocks. But as always, we'll start the week with the news. So talk to me, Sean, what's going on? Well, uh, Jonathan Taylor seems to crop up every week on this and I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. Um, obviously talk that he wanted a trade and fell out with the owner. Still on the pup list, but he then arrived at camp and suddenly left again for personal reasons, which um, sounds a bit strange, don't it? So usually that's the sort of news that comes before a trade, but I just don't know who's going to move for him. I mean, any thoughts on this? What do you think about Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, we spoke about this previously. I, I don't. I just don't see anyone giving up the, the capital, what they'd need to do for a trade, unless the, the Colts are happy to accept... I don't know, third or fourth, but why would they do that? They've got no other running back really to rely on for this season. He'll, he'll ultimately end up back there, but this is all just, yeah, this is a bit worrying, isn't it, for both sides? Yeah, it really is. And I mean, him being on pup, that's sort of fine. You can explain that away. But leaving camp for personal reasons and very specifically coming out with personal reasons, well, they could have just buried it, couldn't they, and said he's still not feeling right, blah, blah, blah. But they very clearly wanted it known that he's leaving for personal reasons. So, yeah, just one to watch. I mean, does it affect your valuation in Dynasty? Because I've seen Taylor going silly uh, rounds in startup drafts, and I've seen him going fifth and sixth round in startups, which is crazy to me. I think that um, he will drop in, in ADP, but I don't think that he's going to get him much cheaper in, in Dynasty trades. So, yeah, I think the ADP will drop, but not trades. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Because if I'm a, a Taylor owner, I'm not selling for anything less than proper value which is probably still around the sort of two first mark isn't it really yeah i mean how old is he now is he 23 24 he's 24 isn't he and you know when he's healthy i know he wasn't that healthy last year but he is potentially the, the rb1 overall isn't he um don't know it's a it's a weird situation i think you're right though the adp will change but i don't think the trade value has at all does the uh, the tread on his tires from wisconsin put you off at all because he was running to the ground there a bit wasn't he I don't know if it does. I don't know. I think it's, we've seen players like Zeke that just get run into the ground for years and people say he's washed, but he also had 350-odd touches for about seven years, didn't he? So it doesn't really bother me. How about you? Um, maybe if I'm trying to buy from someone, I'll play that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, as always. As always. I mean, I think if there is a window to get him, I'd still be interested. I think... As to what you've said, though, I just think in ADP and startups, it's a great bargain. But in trades, you're not really going to get him. You're still going to have to give up elite pieces to get him. And there is that risk that he just doesn't play. I don't think it's likely, but it is a risk, isn't it? Yeah, the risk is there, but I I really don't see him missing games. I don't think he can afford to, for starters. I mean, he's still on his rookie deal, so I don't think he's missing games, but this has got to be sorted one way or the other. I mean, they, they start, we start, don't we, in two weeks? Is it two weeks? Yeah, I think it's three weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so he's not got long to sort this out. And obviously he's not been training. Is he going to be healthy? Even if he comes back now, is he going to be fit and ready for week one? Who knows? Yeah, it's going to be close. So on to the next piece of news anyway. So Kendra Miller, uh, Saints rookie running back, out with a sprained knee. Uh, hopeful to be back by week one. 
They've signed Daryl Williams as a, as a backup. Daryl Williams is a fairly decent back. He seems to get signed every year. He's one of those guys that's good at all aspects of the running back position. But um, I, I saw that Kendra Miller actually come back into practice yesterday, and there was uh, lots of reports that this is really impressive of him. But you just hope that he's not come back too early from a sprained knee because this could linger. It was the knee that he's had issue with previously as well. So, yeah, they've signed Williams as a backup. But um, what do you make of all of this? Yeah, I think we both really like Miller, but it's not its not been a smooth ride so far, is it? Obviously, coming in, didn't really test properly because of the knee injury previously, missing time in pre-season, questionable. I, I just don't know. I think if there's a bit of a dip in value, I'd be interested, but I think you're going to have to potentially sit on him for a while. With Kamara's only three-game ban, I just can't see him getting too much work if he's questionable early on. So, yeah, it doesn't really put me off, but it does make me a bit, a bit sort of, um, cautious with him. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that Kendra Miller might be one, as you said, that you need to sit on for a while. I mean, the path probably clears for him next season, doesn't it? With when Jamal Williams is likely gone, I know Jamal Williams has got a longer deal, but they can cut him when they like. And I think uh, Kamara, I don't know if he's going to stick around there. So I think the path properly clears for Kendra next year, doesn't it? Yeah, that's exactly it. I think the you know the play with Kendra Miller might be sort of weighed it out if you're a rebuild inside move uh, an older running back for him in season or something like that because as you said I think next season you're going to see his value he might prove us all wrong and be fit for week one and just go off but he's got a few people in camp they brought in um, our boy Kareem Hunt a couple of weeks ago they've just signed Daryl Williams so they are they're obviously cautious themselves and a bit concerned because they're getting these other backups despite having quite a, a busy room already so yeah one to watch a lot of people have said this is a bit similar to how how um, Alvin Kamara come into the league because he was I think he was a third or a fourth round pick and he was behind Ingram and they just signed Adrian Peterson as well that summer so he was seen as the third option and a lot of people were picking him up cheap and then he went on to just explode out and they ended up trading Adrian Peterson and it became the Ingram and, uh, Kamara show didn't it so I don't know if people are expecting that from Miller or not or whether it's just because it's the Saints they see that history or not. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into obviously some of the preseason um, games, but I'll be honest, looking at Kamara, he looked good. <laughs> he doesn't look, he's lost much. So, um, yeah, obviously, if he was banned for, I don't know, eight to ten games, you could argue that Miller could just take over. But three games, I don't know if that's enough for somebody with going into the season with a questionable injury to sort of stake his claim. So, yeah, I think he might have to just be a bit patient. It won't quite be a red shirt year, but I don't think it's going to be that far off, to be honest with you. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, next one. This was um, not been a good good summer really for for this man. So Traylon Burks, um, you and I both really liked him. I think the value became very good and looked like he had all the targets. They've obviously signed DeAndre Hopkins, and then he went down the other day and clutching his knee and got carted off, and everyone was worried. Turns out it's a sprained LCL ligament. So I mean, it's not terrible, but it's going to be a few weeks. So he potentially is at risk for for week one. Um, I mean, this is quite bad news I think for his dynasty stock because Hopkins coming in taking loads of work from him and then missing this pre-season time where he should be stepping up it's a bit of a shame isn't it yeah it is because this is when you wanted to sort of see him come into his own a little bit and he, he actually started out camp really really well they'd said he dropped some weight and he looked sharper he looked faster the actual signing of Hopkins didn't bother me too much I think it just if anything freed up trailing Burts because there's going to be so much coverage on Hopkins but yeah, now he's out. This is the important part of camp just before the start of the season, is it? And, you know, 
you're going to get people like Westbrook Ikine and Carl Phillips and, and Chris Moore and people like that now just getting some work behind Hopkins. So, yeah, it's just a bit of a uh, just a bit of a pain really for him, isn't it? Yeah, and I think also with a lot of the criticism last year that was that he was a bit soft and not just that he was carrying weight, but this doesn't um, doesn't look good, does it? So, I mean, I've got him in a few. Just got to ride it out now, really, because um, you're not gonna you're not gonna move him now, are you? Yeah, it's not going to be a decent value either way, is there? So, yeah, as you said, one to hold on to right now. Yeah. So, uh, next piece of news, Zach Ertz. I think he's about 56 years old now. He's, he's back in training camp and on track for week one. Now, this is a fairly miraculous recovery because I think he went down in week nine or ten, didn't he? So, he, he's done quite well, to be fair. Yeah, I must admit, I was quite surprised. I mean, I've got him on a couple of rosters just where, you know, I chucked him in the IR slot and that sort of thing. And I've kept hold of him where I'm competing because... I think he could offer a decent bit of value because Murray's going to miss some time, potentially looking at either a rubbish or a rookie quarterback starting the season. What are they like? They're like a reliable tight end. So if he is healthy, I think this is quite interesting news, really, for a cheap tight end in quite a terrible market. He's always been one of your boys as well, though, hasn't he? Yeah, I had him really early on in, in one of our sort of home leagues and just rode him, rode him into the ground, really. So, uh, yeah, I do like him. I picked him up. I think early last season for a third in a couple of leagues, just because I thought quite a cheap, um, you know, tight end streamer. And I think he could still offer some value. If you're a competitor, you just need some, some depth. I mean, what are you going to have to pay to get him? I think you're probably still going to have to pay a third, um, unfortunately. But uh, if you can get him for anything less or, you know, get him thrown into a deal, I think he might offer interesting, interesting depth for you. In Dynasty, I still think... Um, you know, he's obviously not really a play and uh, you should be looking at McBride. But as a one year, see what happens. I don't think it's terrible. Am I just talking shit? No, I don't think he's too bad for for a depth piece. The, the thing with me is I think if he comes back um, fairly well and, and looks looks OK, I think he probably gets traded to a team that needs a tight end for this for the end of this season and maybe for the running. Because I think he's very reliable and he's what he's the guy you can use in the playoffs and He's a definite mismatch problem, I think, as a tight end. I'm going back to um, trading for him last year. You took him for me uh, in one league, actually. You gave me Ty Chandler and a third because I was I was nowhere near competing, and you was. Yeah, yeah, I think and you got some yeah. decent points. He's in the Julian Edelman league. I think he got some decent points for you towards the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. I used him quite a bit, and it was my third. I ended up losing in the final, so it was the the three eleven. So. You know, you didn't need to keep him and actually got an upside player in Chandler. I mean, it was a decent deal and I streamed him a few times. He was absolutely fine. So, yeah, I've still held him in that league, actually, because I'm a competing side. My other tight ends there are Greg Dulcich, who's probably not going to do very much. Oconquo, who's taken a little bit of hit in volume. And Evan Engram, who's, you know, good, but still questionable. So I'm, I'm keeping Ertz there. I might play him a few weeks. We'll see. Yeah. Take us on to the uh, next piece of news. Yeah, so J.K. Dobbins finally been activated off the pup list and actually looked really sharp in practice. He was, you know, jump cutting and looked really sharp and quick, didn't he? And we spoke a few times about whether he was genuinely on the pup for injury reasons or if he's just sitting out for a, a few quid. But I suppose it's been answered to a degree because he looks quite good. Yeah, I think that was more contact related as well. But it just it was ridiculous from him because. Put some put some uh, action on the field first before you want a contract, pal. I mean, he, he's missed quite a lot of time, hasn't he? Yeah, I think out of all the running backs, I do feel sorry for some of these boys, but I don't think he's one of them because he's just not put enough yeah. on tape. He's barely been on the field. But I think it's nice, though, because I think, was it a year or so ago that Dobbins came back and 
looked at him in pre-season. He was knocking about like the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz, like proper stiff legs and looked dreadful. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see him looking quite agile and sharp. Maybe it just takes that time, doesn't it, to get over those injuries. He had quite a few clean-up surgeries, if I can remember correctly. So yeah, we both really like him. Um, I don't know, a big question is, is he going to get paid? What do you reckon? He's not going to get paid there. I mean, the the running back free agent market next year is incredible. You've got people like Dobbins, Swift, Taylor. There's loads more that I, I can't remember right now, but the free agent running back market next year is ridiculous. And that ties in with the uh, 24 class not being great at running back either. So a few of these guys may get paid a little bit, but probably not on the teams they're on at the moment. But um, just going back to, to Dobbins, that run that he went on last year, he did a really long run in a game when he come back and he was kind of hobbling, you know, like he's still breaking away from people and he's hobbling. Yeah, he I remember that. What's he going to be like when he's fit? Yeah, I mean, when he first came out, we were both really high on him. I know that um, you loved Swift, didn't you? But Dobbins wasn't wasn't that far behind and, you know, he just hasn't stayed healthy. If he does stay healthy and if this scheme is what we think it could be in Baltimore, he could be excellent. I mean, he could... I'm not, not going to say he will, but he could be in sort of the the high running back one conversation, really, given that there's a couple of questionable lads in that list. Yeah, I mean, he can catch as well. I mean, you don't tend to get um, running back catches from a mobile quarterback, but he can also do that. So he he has got a free down skill set. He pass blocks well as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's all there for him. It's just it's just the fitness and how he stays fit. But he did look sharp in those uh, those training uh, videos, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. I mean, what would you have to pay for, for Dobbins, really? You've got him in quite a few leagues, so have I. I don't think the price has changed that much. It's still a first plus, isn't it, really? It's, you're not getting any sort of discount on Dobbins. Yeah, so in um, in our rookie league that we obviously um, we obviously uh, do the trade before the draft, I picked him up in there. Let me just check what I paid for him. I got him off of uh, our boy Andy, so uh, what did I pay? Just clicking on him now. I think I paid a first, so I paid, yeah, twenty twenty three. Um, oh, Cortland Sutton and a twenty twenty three first for Dobbins. So, so, so twenty three first, then. First yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like that about Sutton, man. <laughs> but yeah, twenty a first, a first and Sutton because I think Andy needed some depth uh, wide receiver. But he's he's got Sutton's looking all right now. All the people having a go at me for training him, he looks fine now. You say that, I still can't shift the bloke. I've been trying, I've offered him out to a second to loads of teams, not even a sniff, not even a counter of a third. I just can't shift him. But um, yeah, I mean, on Dobbins, I, I was just looking now at sort of, you know, where I've got him and stuff. He really's put nothing on tape, really, in the league, because he played 15 games in his rookie season, missed 2021, played eight games last year. I mean, it's not much, is it? He's played 23 yeah. games in three years and never really finished in any decent fantasy relevant position. It's uh. Yeah, he really needs to show out a bit this year. Would you be buying him? I, I don't know if I would, because I don't think for the price you, you're getting enough. I think you're still going to have to pay quite a decent price. And if I'm paying a first plus, I'd potentially look at other options. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of buying running backs. Cause I know you're not either. I'd rather draft them um, than pay. Because yeah. you're going to have to pay a first plus potentially moving towards two firsts, I think, to get Dobbins if, if you know, depending on who's got him. And, and if you're a competing side, they're late first. People aren't going to let him go for a, you know, one twelve, are they? So I'm not sure. I want to see him um, stay healthy, really. What about you? I know you have bought him already, but would you buy him now? Um, I really don't know. I probably still would just because if he hits, he hits big. So 
he's still young enough as well, and there could be value next year. It's just you know the the fitness and, and what happens in free agency next year. But I just really really like the player, and I don't like trading for running backs, but. I think he's one that you can get on the cheaper side of running backs because he's different to Taylor where you're going to still be paying a lot for Taylor. But Dobbins, not so much. And I think the upside could be there with Taylor, but you're not paying those sort of premium that you are with Taylor, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do get it. I do get it. I mean, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? I think my stance on running backs has changed a bit over the last year or so. I know yours has a bit as well. And I just don't really like it. Rather than paying a first plus for Dobbins, I probably would be looking at, can I get, James Cook for a second plus or you know something like that so I'm not sure uh, he'll probably prove me wrong now and go and absolutely smash it because he's got all the tools there to do it and I suppose we'll have to see what that offense looks like because they're going to start throwing it a bit more if he gets any of those um receptions in PPR leagues he could really go off as you said yeah for sure so um on to another running back uh the Patriots have signed Zeke uh this last week to a one-year six million pound deal so he finally gets his deal, and um, Uncle Bill even said a couple of positive things, which was unlike Uncle Bill. So um, this looks good for Zeke, doesn't it, for a year? It does. I mean, it's reasonable money, isn't it? Six million as well, given you know some of the money that's floating around at the moment. That's a nice deal for, for Zeke. And you and I have said many times now, we've not been in on Ramondre Stevenson at all. I don't own him anywhere. I still think he's going to be fine, but I wouldn't have been paying two first plus that I've seen him go for, and, and people rating him as the RB six in dynasty and stuff that's madness to me um i think we both picked up zeke in a few startups this year in like the later rounds didn't we just as a gamble i'm quite pleased where i've done that yeah i got him in the warrior bowl really late and i'm yeah i'm happy that i did i just took him in a uh, in a startup about a day before he got signed as well just because i thought i think he's going to go to the patriots after those running backs didn't really play well for him i thought they're going to go back for zeke and luckily they did a day later yeah exactly I think it's quite nice and he's going to get he's going to get some work we've seen what the Patriots do with running backs last year was a bit of a freak year wasn't it just running Ramondre Stevenson into the ground but that's just not really how the Patriots have operated and if Zeke just gets those uh, short yardage touchdowns that's going to be fine remember a few years ago LeGarrette Blunt put up something like was it 17 mm-hmm. touchdowns or 16 touchdowns I mean that alone would be very very valuable um so yeah I'm quite pleased I, I don't know if I'd be trading for Zeke because I think you know his value's probably changed to a second now I, I don't know if I want to pay that but if he comes out and starts scoring touchdowns early I probably would so um, yeah it's quite quite interesting really I think he's one where as his work grows and contenders start to see their contenders I think he might even go for late firsts next year yeah I suppose it depends what the work split's going to be like between him and Stevenson but um there's something going on there. We said it a couple of weeks ago. Stevenson was being held out of, you know, certain drills and wasn't being used in full in practice. And he was asked about it. He didn't know why. It just seems a bit weird. I mean, that was before Zeke had signed. Zeke had been in the building and suddenly Stevenson's not doing a full training. It was just a bit strange. So, you know, these coaches are like, he might have worn the wrong jeans to practice and Bill didn't like him. But yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. But just on that note, really, almost immediately after, um, another veteran signed as well. The Jets finally confirmed Dalvin Cook on a one-year $8.6 million deal, which, I mean, that's quite significant money, isn't it? Quite a bit more than Zeke, and it it was obviously linked to the Zeke deal because it happened pretty much instantly, didn't it? Um, this, I, The more I think about it, I can sort of understand why they're doing it. I, I personally wouldn't have done, but if they've got some concerns about Brees Hall, they they just want an experienced veteran to make sure they don't lose early on, I suppose, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think the fact it's a one-year deal and, and he, he can be up and running straight away. And I think Rogers, I think Rogers requested him or likes him or there's something going on with Rogers there as was Cook. And yeah, I just think he's he's going to be there for the all-in part of the Jets, isn't he? And um, I think they're more looking to Brees Hall as their future and can sort of look after him this year. But I, I quite like the other Jets guys. I mean, I watched a bit of the... Uh, the Jets preseason because I'm a loser and um, I don't mind a Banacanda, I don't mind Carter, I don't mind Bam Knight. So <clears> yeah, <throat> it's just some certainty in the backfield, I guess, until Brees Hall comes back. But who who um, who are they dropping out of that those guys because they're not going to carry five, are they? No, I mean the only obvious one that we mentioned was it a week or so ago that Carter could be the odd one out. I mean, realistically, just in terms of profile, Bam Knight probably should be the one to lose out. I mean, do you need Bam Knight if you've if you've got Dalvin Cook, I'm not sure you do. So, um, yeah, I mean, it does make you wonder, though. The Jets know Brees Hall's medical situation more than any of us. I mean, mm-hmm. they're obviously signing this guy for a reason. Does it give you any concerns about Brees Hall? Because the stories are that he's back and he's going to be healthy, but suddenly they've paid quite decent money to, you know, not quite wash Dalvin Cook, but he's definitely not what he was. But it's, I don't know, makes me a bit cautious about what Brees Hall's going to be like, at least early in the season. Yeah, I mean, um, I considered trading for him in uh, in our Essex League later, and this is this is a subject that we can come back to because Brees Hall's involved. So um, I'll, I'll I'll give you my thoughts and feelings on on Brees Hall later when we get round to our Essex League and the trades and stuff like that. But yeah, a little bit of worry there for me now with Brees. I mean, I've got him in, in quite a few as well, and I really really love him as a player, but. Maybe just to keep him for next year. I mean, I always kept Dobbins around while he was injured because I really liked him. So I'll just keep Brees as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to. I've got Brees in loads and I still think he's fine. But always makes you wonder. He's obviously missed a bit of his rookie season. Potentially going to be playing second fiddle early on in his second season. Suddenly you're in year three before he's really done much. And it's, I don't know, it's just the running back market, isn't it? You just have to live with this sort of stuff. Yep, that's the way of the world, unfortunately. But uh, another running back and one of our favourites, uh, the Kareem Hunt watch. Um, still nothing going on, really. I heard that he was, uh, where was he visiting last? So he's, he's done the Saints, he's done the Colts. There was somewhere else, wasn't there? He was going. I think it was in Minnesota last week, possibly. Um, I mean, that I think would be a reasonable move. Um, we both like Ty Chandler and... I think Alexander Madison's fine and he could offer some decent value, but they, they probably need something. It's just whether or not they need to really be going for it. I don't really know what they're doing up there. It's a bit of a weird roster, isn't it? Yeah, so what's um, what's what's the deal with Kareem then? Is he, is he out of shape or is he, is he not liking the roles offered or the money or what's the deal so far, do you reckon? Maybe a bit of everything. I mean, it's no coincidence that Zeke went and immediately Dalvin Cook went. Maybe Kareem was waiting to see what they got and used that as a benchmark. But I don't think he warrants or deserves anywhere near their money. Does he? I mean, he's more of he's more of yeah, he's more of a complimentary back than a than a lead back, and he can go into a committee like Minnesota and be fine. But you're not going to be paid eight million quid a year, pal. I think you'd be lucky to get sort of around that four million four million dollar mark. So. Who knows? I think you mentioned that he went to the Saints, didn't work out, and talked that he wasn't very fit. Um, not surprised. He's just been trotting around, having visits for the last couple of months instead of training. Yeah, you've just got to hope that the Kareem always rises to the top. That's absolutely terrible, mate. Let's, let's move on there. That's why he's not been signed. For us as his agents, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, TJ Hawkinson. Back to practice after an ear infection. Pathetic. Uh, likely going to sell him everywhere. Now, 
I should have let you write, uh, read that because you drafted it and it was said in your voice. I mean, this is tragic. <laughs> and it missed practice with an earache. Um, what are you selling him for? Third? Uh, he can go for a fourth. I'll take a punt on some bum next year for that. I'm not having that, an ear infection. That's pathetic. I mean, this is just he can't hear enough pounds dropping in his bank, isn't it? It's just a contract thing. Um, yeah. I'd much rather say that I'm out because of my contract. I wouldn't tell everyone I've got an earache. Um, absolutely tragic. So... I, I know you like Hawkinson. Every time I see the picture, I get wound up, though. He looks an absolute state. He looks like the, the lion, doesn't he? Very Wizard of Oz heavy on this podcast, but he's got that proper, like, mane, dreadful beard. Just looks a bit gormless. So I think you need to adjust ranks a little bit. No, I mean, I know we're joking, but I do I do love him this season. I think he's going to really be good this season. But, um, yeah, the ear infection thing, it was probably a really bad offer from the Vikings and it infected his ears so much that he, uh, he set out practice. <laughs> Do you think this is how it happens? So he gets a call, they're offering him, I don't know, $8 million a year. He calls in sick the next day. Yeah, sorry, bad earache, <laughs> I won't be in. I mean, is that how it happens in these boys? Oh, I don't know, it's mad. Like I said to you, there was, there was <clears throat> uh, talk that at camp he was on the side and his lawyers were in and... There was all talks going on and it was really close. And then, yeah, he pulls out of an ear infection. That just says to me, low offer, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly what it is. I love all the mind games, all this sort of stuff, because, yeah, you read into everything and, and use it to buy players. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to get paid, isn't he? They're not going to have traded from last year. He's part of what they want to do going forward, I think. Yeah, I think they'll, uh, they'll pay him eventually. But this is all part of the back and forth and the games, isn't it, as you say? Yeah, I mean, it does make me wonder, though, because there's so much money flying around for crap tight ends in the league. I mean, we've said a few times Will Disley got paid something like $12 million a year. I've probably exaggerated that a little bit. you think the elite lads would get, get a few quid, wouldn't you? Well, there was something the other week about um, tight ends being underpaid, and I think Travis Kelsey is getting less than Christian Kirk or something like that, which is bizarre, isn't it? Jesus. Absolutely terrible. They're going to pay him. It's just a matter of what, and hopefully his earache clears up soon. Um, bit of bit of warm olive oil in the ear might might sort him out as well as the contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So on to another uh, on to another tight end. So Mike Gesicki suffered a separated suffered a separated shoulder in and uh, week one is apparently in doubt. Now this was um, this was a nice pickup by the Patriots, and I, I was picking up Gesicki really really cheap in quite a few. I mean. Um, Bill O'Brien had him at Penn State, and he requested the signing of him. So he's clearly going to scheme him up into the uh, into their offense. But um, the separated shoulder doesn't sound good. And um, week one in doubt, I think could be longer in doubt as well. Really, with separated shoulder, what do you think? Yeah, I mean that doesn't sound good at all. I'm no doctor, but separated is that the same as a dislocation? I think if you dislocated your shoulder, you're going to miss more than a couple of weeks, aren't you? And like you, I thought Kasiki was a really good pickup and could be a really good. Um, like bargain in in fantasy but there's not been that much noise about Kasiki at all it's been the Hunter Henry show he's been getting all the looks from Mac Jones and using the red zone and I do wonder if this carries on does it just mean that Hunter Henry becomes a bit of a bargain he's definitely not a sexy pickup at all but sometimes you've got to chase the points even if it's just touchdown upside Hunter Henry at the moment is so so cheap I mean he's dropping down drafts I think People I hate him. him. Yeah, I picked him up off waivers in the Warrior Bowl, and that's a tight end premium redraft. Yeah, I mean, people just don't like him. I think it is, you know, he's not a sexy name. He's not in a sexy team. Kasiki's going to do well. They often do, but it's just crap. 
have to say just all because he's getting the camp and they're using him a lot. Main competition's now out. They're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel when he's going to be the lead tight end. It's not impossible that he could, you know, be one of the target leaders for the Patriots. And they're going to be chasing games, I think, because it's a, it's a tough division they're in. So I don't know. I don't know if I'd be trading for Hunter Henry, but he certainly shouldn't be on waivers anywhere because I've seen that as well. I find it mad. Yeah, he's definitely one to it. I mean, going back to you saying he's uh, he's not a sexy name. I don't know. Hunter is quite a sexy name, to be honest. You're thinking gladiators, aren't you? <laughs> That's exactly what you're thinking. Nice little, nice little long-haired nudge. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. Um, yeah, so one to keep an eye on. I think I, I really agreed with you. You were quite quick on Gusicki. Picked him up everywhere. The process was right, but it's not looking great at the moment, uh, is it? No, it's definitely not. But are you, are you having a go at my process? No, no comment, mate. Absolutely no comment at all. <laughs> Um, the, the next one, we've sort of touched on it already. Sorry, the, uh, the show sheet's a bit out of sync here, but Brees Hall is finally off the pup list and back in training camp, but we've sort of covered this already and, you know, our concerns with it. But talk that he's uh, healthy. I saw that he was uh, running a few routes and stuff in practice, but I don't know if there's much to analyse just at this stage, is there? Yeah, they were saying that his straight line speed is, is better than before, but um, it's not about the straight line speed when you're coming off an ACL, is it? It's the twisting, the turning and the cuts. So um, I just really think they're going to ease him back in now. They've got their main guy in Cook for the season, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I saw a picture, yeah, so this is how much of a nerd I am. I saw some bloke tweeted a picture of Brees Hall post-surgery and they said that his knees look symmetrical. I don't even know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'll take it. Um, yeah, <laughs> just ranks on Brees Hall. He had a picture of his left knee, picture of his right knee, and I quite rated it. Well, for a couple of lads that are fairly OCD, having symmetric knees is, is a good thing. I'm going to be paying extra money now for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my knees, just to confirm, are not symmetrical at all. One's got cartilage, one hasn't. So I quite respect um, symmetry in the knees. So adjust your ranks. Yeah, so... Uh... Let's get on to the next bit of news anyway. So this was no real surprise, was it, coming out? But um, Anthony Richardson has been named the Colts quarterback one for week one. I, I don't think it was in doubt, was it? I mean, I know Gardner Minshew's there and he's a fairly safe vet option, but this was always expected, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. There was always the risk that they might roll with Minshew for a couple of games, but he's just um, he's just a bit special, isn't he, from what he looks like. Did you see that clip of him throwing the ball in the middle of a jump the other day? Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to ask him to do that on a Sunday, but just the athletic profile is, for anyone who's not seen it, he sort of jumps about six feet in the air and gets to the high point and then throws about a 70-yard bomb downfield. It's he's just an athletic freak and becoming a real fan favourite down there as well. He's signing autographs and giving his cleats away and all sorts of stuff. So he's just got a real bit of buzz. Have you listened to his mixtape as well? I've not listened to the mixtape. He's got quite a deep voice, hasn't he? I, I do really like him when I see um, interviews and stuff. But I've, no, I've not heard the mixtape yet. Is it something I need to get on? You need to get on, mate. Yeah, I've seen a couple of clips where he's he's hanging out at some sort of petrol station nudge with um, a load of drill music in the background. He's quite decent, to be fair. He's better than Young Joker. So, uh, yeah, I'm quite pleased for Andy Richardson. I know that you've got him in a couple. I've got him in a couple. I didn't go all in on Richardson just because I wanted to spread my risk a bit and I got a few Stroud and I got a few Richardson, got a little bit of Bryce Young. I'm almost regretting it a little bit just because I think his, um, the ceiling is, is so high and he's, he's progressing a bit quicker than I probably thought he would do. Yeah, but this also plays into, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago when we spoke and you said, what do you, what do, you do if you've got Anthony Richardson and you do want to trade him? And I just said, 
let's have some uh, some camp highlights and some game highlights, and you can be able to get a bigger price for him. I mean, this stuff's all really good, but you know, games are going to be different. And if you do want to sell him, then try and uh, try and include the uh, the video of that jump ball that he did, and uh, yeah, sell on the hype. But um, I don't know. I got a couple of him, and yeah, I'm not I'm not fully convinced. But I mean, if he hits, it's going to be unreal. Is it? It's going to break fantasy football, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think you're absolutely right. The, the hype's going massively with him. It's going the opposite way for Bryce Young. Really, people aren't aren't uh, buying into Bryce Young at all. I don't think that O line's been helping. We might talk about this in some of the preseason stuff, but. I don't know if you can pivot away from Richardson for Bryce Young Plus. It's maybe worth considering just to sort of get a safe floor, maybe cap your ceiling a bit. But yeah, uh, fun to watch anyway. I'll be tweeting all the uh, the highlights and using it to sell in leagues if I can. Yeah, 100%. So um, next one, Javante Williams is going to play on Saturday against the 49ers. Now this is, um, speaking of people on pup lists and stuff, there was such a wide mix of Javante Williams stories, weren't there, that he could be ready week one. He might be ready week 10. He might miss the whole season. Um, but all the talk is that he's fine, doing really well. So um, I know he's one of your boys. And I think you might try to trade from him from me recently as well. But uh, how are you feeling about Javante? Yeah, I'm really happy with this. I, l- I love him as a player and I'm trying to pick him up wherever I can. And I did I did chuck in an offer to you. We'll talk about it later. I knew you wouldn't really take it because of the the, uh, the guy that I was sending. But we'll, we can talk about that a bit later. But... Yeah, I love him. Um, good to see him starting against the 49ers. We can have a little look at him, see how he's cutting, see how his knee is, and we can sit there on Twitter being uh, NFL scouts, can't we, while he plays? Exactly that. So, yeah, it's nice to see. I think you still need to be a little bit cautious, though. We've seen with, you know, Dobbins before that they come back and might, you know, tweak something, might need a clean-up. But it's all positive so far, and love to see him smash it because he's still very young as well, Javante. I don't think people realise, what, is he 22? Still, he came into the league at 20, didn't he? So uh, definitely not got any tread on the tyres. Still very young. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him play. 100%. So um, down to our next piece of news. So Malik Willis, his favourite for the backup quarterback role behind Ryan Tannehill. So above Will Levis. Now, this comes from Greg Rosenthal. I don't know if this is him getting intel or this is his opinion or this is what's coming out of camp. But yeah, this was from Greg Rosenthal. So and actually really good source. But he, he says that Willis is, is the current favourite for the backup job right now. What do you make of that? I mean, it's a bit surprising, um, but should it be, really? I think we always knew that Levis is very likely to be almost a redshirt year, unless they're completely going to throw it all in and trade everyone. So maybe it's just that. Maybe it's um, they're just going to redshirt Levis and and just roll with Willis. He's got that year experience. I don't know if it says much about the long-term thing for Levis. He's only been in the league a couple of months, so... I don't know. It was, Malik Willis was a player that we thought could end up getting cut, so it is a bit strange. What do you think? Yeah, I was always high on Willis. I really liked the, the skill set, and but he did look look a bit like a disaster last year. And if Joshua Dobbs is playing ahead of you, then it's a problem. But he seems to have really come in focused and switched it around in pre-season. A lot of the reports have been really good. And obviously the Titans played the Bears last week, so I caught quite a bit of the game. And he did look he did look fine. He looked quite good, actually, Willis. And um, Levis was okay in what he did. He didn't do anything bad or good. But uh, I, I, I thought Willis looked quite promising. It just, Again, it just screams madness to me that they even took um, Levis there. Just trade Tannehill and go with Willis for the season and tank it out properly. But you know what Vrabel's like. He's a proper football man, isn't he? So, yeah, just madness to me. Exactly. And I think a lot of the stuff with the quarterbacks as well, I think you and I 
almost think of the NFL like dynasty, and that's what we do. If you're crap, just roll with the rookie and lose a few games, it's fine. I think sometimes, though, it depends what the locker room are saying. I mean, if the locker room just don't believe in a guy, can you really send a team out with a guy they don't respect or think is any good? I don't know, um, because he was dreadful last year, Annie Willis, in, in limited action, admittedly. Yeah, he was, yeah. But, yeah, he's apparently doing well this year, and even the team are behind him. He's apparently a really good guy as well, so... I think that's one to keep an eye on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We've said a few times, I think if the um, the Titans aren't very good, they have to start moving some of these lads. It's a weird one, though, because I think the signing of Hopkins, I didn't really get it. We've spoke about it before. But I, I don't think they're going to be as terrible as they could have been, if that makes sense. I mean, they've got a, a reasonably decent quarterback, an elite wide receiver. If, you know, Traylon Burks is healthy, you know, another high upside receiver, decent tight end, a really good run game. I don't know. It's They could they could be a little bit better than people are thinking, which means they might roll with Tannehill for the season. Yeah, they're known for their defence as well. I mean, their defence is fairly good as, as a unit. I mean, he's brought that with him from the uh, the Patriots, so they're a fairly decent unit. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They're in a fairly poor division as well, aren't they? I mean, you're looking at the Jaguars to probably win it and then the rest are kind of fighting it out, aren't they, really? Exactly. So it's not impossible that they could could end up second in that division, which um you know be madness thinking that a few months ago. So we shall see. I think you just have to redshirt Levis really in Dynasty and leave him on your taxi squad if you can. Um I took him late first in a couple of drafts. I don't regret it. I I'll always take a quarterback if they fall to the late first, early second. Um and if you have to just wait a while, then that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean, the Justin Herbert victory laps from, for you from a few years ago, taking him late is going to keep you taking him all the time, isn't it? It will. I'll be doing it every year. Justin Herbert at the 111 in our home dynasty league. And I mean, what would you pay now? Three first plus quite easily, um, especially you. So, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to take shots on those guys if they drop always. So uh, talking to the AFC South, talk us through the next guy. Well, this is a guy that we've uh, changed on a little bit, I think. Um, but Tank Dell just continues to absolutely dominate in camp. And they had a joint practice with the Dolphins this week and he got three touchdowns. He just he just can't be can't be marked at all. He gets so much separation. He's so shifty. Um, I mean, talk to me, because initially we thought he was a bit too small and then convinced ourselves the senior bowl sort of uh, scouting reviews were really good. And he seems like he could be an outlier, though. He looks great, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he really does. And like you said, I think you said it last week, when you actually watch him in the footage as well, he doesn't look that small. I mean, he's quite built, isn't he? He doesn't look tiny. So I think there's definitely a pathway for him in the modern NFL, the way that they just want people getting open and scheming them open. And nobody can cover him right now, can they? Exactly. And he's not a classic sort of alpha. We still like Nico Collins for that sort of role. But he's a different receiver. If, if, you know, if Nico Collins takes some of that attention away and Tank Dell can eat elsewhere I think he could be in for a lot of work there's even talk he could be the wide receiver one not sure I see that but volume wise who knows yeah I mean what will they go with Collins Dell and I think Dalton Schultz is going to have a big role there this year as well but you've got Collins Dell Mechie maybe Bobby Woods it's not great but it's fine isn't it yeah exactly it's a fine it's a fine receiving room is Woods washed who knows is Mechie healthy who knows Collins we both like, but he's not quite hit yet. So, I mean, there's an opportunity there. I mean, I I still think Collins will probably lead, but if you want just a target guy in PPR leagues, I think Tank Dell could be really, really interesting. And 
you took advantage of the uh, the sleeper error, didn't you? So in the startups, in the rookie drafts, they had Tank Dell as like a 999 ADP. So he was right at the bottom. Nobody picked him up. And I think you ended up getting him in the fifth round in a couple of leagues, didn't you? Yeah, he was he was originally Nathaniel Dill. No one's taken a guy called Nathaniel, are they? So then they changed it to Tank, and his ADP dropped. And yeah, I kept an eye on it, and he was he was going in late fourth, early fifth, and yeah, I picked I scooped him up in loads. Yeah, I mean, I think if you've got him in the fifth, I think you probably have to pay a second now. I mean, I wouldn't sell him for a third just because the upside. I think the value has shifted quite a lot. Um, so yeah, really uh, a guy I want to do well as a fellow short man. So yeah, very pleased with him. Yeah, you're not called Tank, though, are you? No, definitely not. I'm actually taller as well, so surprisingly. Probably weigh, <laughs> probably weigh a bit more, in fairness. So, uh, next piece of news, we've got a running back trying to fight a defensive end. I don't know uh, I don't know how he saw this one playing out. But, yeah, Cam Akers uh, fighting Max Crosby in uh, joint Raiders-Rams practice. What do we make of this one? I mean, I respect it. He's got that dog in him, isn't he? So, I mean, what's <laughs> Cam Akers? 5'9", five, 5'10"? Two hundred and eight pounds or something. Max Crosby, what was he? Six six, two hundred and sixty pounds. I mean, it's um a bit of a mismatch. I saw a picture of Max Crosby next to Aaron Donald the other day, and he towers above him. So I mean, yeah. fair play to Acres for getting involved in that. I, I like this sort of stuff, though, don't you? As a running back, yeah, you got to stick up for yourself in in situations like that. I mean, one to one with no one there, Crosby eats up Acres, no problem. But yeah, when you're on your field and you've got to show a bit, I think he's done all right there, hasn't he, Acres? Yeah, and Max Crosby is a bit of a knob. We saw in that quarterback program on Netflix, he's just, he leaves stuff on you. He leaves little punches and stuff. And I know that Pat Mahomes didn't like him and a bit of back and forth there. So you can imagine Crosby's left a sly one on him and, and Akers just didn't like it. So yeah, I, I quite like that. I mean, talk to me about Akers generally though, because it, it's a name that I think people are getting around to the fact he could be quite decent, but just a very, very good value, isn't he, this year? Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's decent value. But as you and I spoke about in the DMs, I, th- I think there's more passing game work there for uh, Kyron Williams this year, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think that's um, there's a lot of noise that Kyron Williams is going to get a lot of that work, but they're going to be dreadful. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how much of that work needs to be passing. Um, but yeah, I, I do like Akers. I think he's in for a decent season. If he's going to start battering six foot five defensive ends, I- I'll take him all day. Yeah, we're all in on guys that are doing that, aren't we? Absolutely. Um, a guy that perhaps I'm not going to be on anymore, Jameson Williams. Um, it's a player that I liked a lot, and I stashed him in a few because you could chuck him on your IR list last year. I've moved for him in a couple of leagues, just got him thrown in on deals. But he's now out with another hamstring injury. He's going to miss the entire preseason. He's obviously banned for the first six games for betting on the dogs or something. He was punching undrafted lads in practice the other day. Uh, and it, this is a disaster for me. You're going to miss the entire preseason. This is when he needs to show what he's got so that when he comes back, he's ready to roll and he's going to miss the entire lot with a hamstring. I just don't know if he gives a shit about football. He just doesn't really seem to get it, does he? I don't know. I, I mean, it was you, you in our um, NFL Twitter group that called him the Detroit Kadarius Tony. I mean, he's he's going that way at the minute, isn't he? He's either something stupid or he's injured. But yeah, this doesn't doesn't look good either way. Doesn't, it's not very positive for his outlook. And I think if you've got him in dynasty, I've got, I've got him in one league. I'm I'm just holding him because there's no value right now, is there? No, I mean, I don't even know if you'd get a decent second. People just want to see what he is, really, and. I don't know. It's the, the issue I've got. Aside from all the nonsense and 
you know, getting banned and hamstrings and punching lads as well. He doesn't seem to do much of his work. I mean, we'll get on to the preseason games. He got seven targets and he brought in two of them. That's just not good enough, I don't think. If you're a first-round pick from Alabama, you've put up, I don't know, nearly 2,000 yards in his final season and you're producing two out of seven, I just don't really think that's great. He's not on the same page with Goff. Whether that's Goff's fault or Williams' fault, I don't know, but it's just not really working, is it? Well, there's there's more players there that are in tune with Goff than not. I mean, he's got connections with Reynolds, Laporta and Amon Ra, and he had connections with uh, Swift last year. So I don't think it's a Goff problem. And we've also had the reports about uh, Williams' questionable hands previously, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. And I do wonder, we've seen this on, you know, the, my Giants, we took Kadaris Tony, and I've referred to him as the Detroit Kadaris Tony. Is it impossible that Jameson Williams could be moved? When Where did he go about? The, was it the 108? in the draft or 115 he was quite early in the first round giants yeah. took Kadaris tony around the 120 and we moved on after about a season and a half it's not too dissimilar really jameson williams not done a single thing loads of upside bit of a deep threat i don't know um i don't think dan campbell's gonna like this sort of stuff is he i think the only difference there was it was a different regime that took tony wasn't it it was uh gettleman wasn't it that took him and I, I think the new regime come in and we're kind of like who's this clown let's get him out but um i think the draft capital is the only thing keeping him sort of up the uh depth chart and in positive favor right now because if the lions look stupid getting rid of him now it's the same regime isn't it yeah and it was also though, a few months ago when the, the lamar contract was being negotiated he was liking tweets about lamar to detroit and stuff as well he's he just—he seems like a bit of a knob. I, I don't know. I've got to hold him where you've got him because you're not going to get anything for him now. But it's really, really not looking good at all. Um, but talk us through the rest of this uh, wide receiver room in Detroit. It's been a weird week. Yeah. So um, initially, Dan Campbell was asked in in a press conference about Denzel Mims in relation to all the other injuries and. Dan Campbell kind of come back with, well, he's in the room. Uh, and that's all I've got to say on it. And now Denzel Mims has been waived. So, um, yeah, I think they was uh, not really happy with Mims at all. And uh, that could leave them short in the wide receiver room now, couldn't it? Could they be looking at a, a trade for any wide receiver now, do you think, or not? I think they potentially could. They've got a load of guys there. And I suppose it really depends how fit is Marvin Jones going to be. He's missed a lot of time. He's quite old. But they obviously added Denzel Mims because they thought they needed someone and now they've had to move him on. I mean, he's done in the league now, isn't he, Mims? We like the profile, but no chance at all. I was done with Denzel Mims when he came back last year and said he was ill because he had a dodgy bit of salmon. So that was him done with me then. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Too right. Um, I mean, one player that I think we should keep an eye on, really, like, speaking about the Patriots and Damaro Douglas is just rising up that depth chart there. There's an odd man out that I think could fit what they're trying to do, and that's Kendrick Bourne. I mean, Jameson Williams, a really good deep threat, not going to play, not on the same page with Goff. Could they just move for a late pick for Kendrick Bourne, bring him in to offer a similar skill set? Obviously not at the same sort of level, but I'd be interested to see if that sort of move happens because they obviously need something, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say who, who are your wide receiver trade candidates and you kind of come up with Bourne, but mine is uh, Corey Davis because he's on, I think... He's on the books for, I think, 12 to 13 million this year with the Jets. And do they really need to be paying him that when he's probably fourth or fifth on their rotation? So for me, Corey Davis is a, is a big trade candidate. But yeah, Bourne I could see as well. I think a lot of teams quite like Bourne in, in that he's really good in every aspect and he, he's a good player, isn't he? But um wouldn't surprise me if they looked at one for sure. 
Yeah, I think they need something. I mean, what they look is Khalif Raymond still on the books there, and Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones. They just, I mean, just, um, just paid. They just paid Khalif Raymond. Actually, they paid him this week a bit of money. Yeah, I mean, they're all fine, aren't they? It's, it's a reasonable room. It just depends how much you trust them because there's no reason why they shouldn't be trying to win that division. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for the for the Lions. I think they are going to move for something. Did you say Lions to win the division? Have you, have you forgot about the fantastic Bears of Chicago? <laughs> I know about the Bears. I don't know about the fantastic Bears, mate. But, uh, I mean, come on, even you from the Lions are favourite, surely. Yeah, probably are. I mean, I, I think there's going to be a tough division to predict we asked about it in our nfl group the other day and i think we had about six different answers didn't we yeah it really could be anyone because there's so many question marks you know can fields throw is jordan love average if he's average they might be good justin jefferson could win the division on his own potentially and the lions are probably the most all-round roster so it's definitely an interesting one to keep an eye out isn't it can fields throw i, I don't that's know if you can mate podcast. that's the end of this podcast for me well, I'm trying to trade for him at the moment. So the answer is he can't throw until I get him on my roster. So, um, yeah, he, can, he cannot at all. So speaking of quarterbacks, the uh, final piece of news anyway, Sam Howe confirmed as a quarterback one for the uh, Washington Commanders. For, so, yeah, he's been confirmed. There was uh, reportedly uh, a battle in, in camp between him and Jacoby Brissett. But, um, yeah, Sam Howe's come out on top and he's uh, the, the starting quarterback week one. What do you make of it? I like it. I mean, it makes sense, isn't it? What's the point? I mean, Brissett's fine, but you've got to at least see what you've got in Howe before you go to Brissett, haven't you? And yeah, I quite, quite like him as an upside guy. He can move a bit. He's accurate. You know, I think he slipped far later than he should have done in last year's draft. I mean, he went first pick of the fifth round, which is um, mad really for a quarterback with his upside. So I'm very pleased for him. I've got him in a couple of leagues and, you know, I wouldn't be against moving for him really. I, I, I quite like the pick. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it was the move to make. Um, I think the only issue, as is, is we've said previously, is he may be on a short leash because Riverboat Ron's probably coaching for his job, isn't he? So if it goes even the slight bit wrong, he's going to be chucking Jake Brisket straight in, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And that's absolutely fine. I think it makes sense to go this route, though. You know, stick Sam Howell in, and if it doesn't work, you can move to Brissett. Whereas I think if you if Howe loses the, the job in pre-season, it makes it quite hard to then run back to him, doesn't it, you know, later in the season. So this way around definitely makes more sense. But he's set up for him to go. He's got some really nice weapons, really good coordinator in there, and obviously sat there learning the system for a year or so. So I, I quite like him, interested to see how he does. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you'd rather have a fresh look at a guy like this. I mean, you kind of know what Brissett can... I really like Jake Brissett, but... Um... Yeah, you kind of know what he brings, and it's just nice to see a fresh quarterback in the league, isn't it, really? Yeah, I do just worry, though. Have you seen the size of Sam Howell's head? Yeah, he's not running much, is he, with that bounce? No, he looks like, remember those little um, little figures of footballers when we were kids? So he's got a massive head on him. Um, I just do worry that concussion could be a serious problem there. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, just, uh, let's just start going through these pre-season games. So... We're going to run through a game each, uh, Sean and I. Just pick out a few points that we picked out and then maybe have a discussion on it. But Browns 15, Commander 17. So uh, another good outing for Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So um, he's probably going to pass Joshua Dobbs if he hasn't already for the backup job. Uh, adjust your ranks. Deepest of deep sleepers at tight end, Zaire mitchell Payden. This is one of Sean's guys. He had a useful outing and looked fairly good. Dimitri Felton, likely the running back three unless a vet is signed. They kind of got fooled and um, obviously Chubb is the two and then Felton's probably stood out as the three. 
On the commander's side, Brissett and Howe both look good and played fine. We've seen this week that Howe's been confirmed as the QB1. Jahan Dotson with a nice touchdown where he broke free and had some decent yards after the catch. And uh, Cole Turner got some nice work in. Anything to take from this one? Yeah, I think you've summarised it. Well, I think Cole Turner's interesting, isn't he? Because there's definitely an opening there for a tight end. And is Cole Turner going to take that step up or are they going to revert to their very old tight end that just cannot stay healthy at all? I mean, I saw you added him a couple of leagues this week. Yeah, they've massively wrapped him in cotton wool for the season. Um, Logan Thomas, this is, by the way. They've massively yeah. wrapped him in cotton wool. And Riverboat Ron this week suggested that they're just really trying to get him into the season and, and, and not try and break him beforehand. But whether that sounds good or not, I don't know. But Cole Turner looks nice, nice work. And, yeah, he's, he's got better and better and he's had a positive camp, hasn't he? Yeah, it really has. And I suppose from the running game as well, Rodriguez, really quite efficient on the ground, really averaging 7.8 yards a carry. Um it's just a, a weird room there. I, I don't know what the split's going to be like, but yeah, interesting start, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Take us over to the Cardinals game. Yep. So the Cardinals 18, Broncos 17. So Clayton Tune uh, got the start, looked a bit shaky to begin with, but grew into it. And I know that you've been uh, picking him up everywhere. And I think, you know, there is a path where he could potentially start, isn't there? If he continues like this, there's no reason why they might not open the season with him because they're going to be dreadful why not see what the rookie can do? Um, Demarcado, the undrafted running back, scored a touchdown and looked fairly decent from what I saw. I only saw the very brief highlights. I mean, for the Broncos, Russ Wilson didn't look great, did he? They left him out there just to get something out of him. Uh, but the boy Jerry Judy got a nice touchdown and the hype does continue to grow for Judy. And Jaleel McLaughlin, um, is that how we say it? it sounds Scottish, uh, looked very shifty, scored a touchdown. He rose up the sleeper trending players, didn't he? And, just one to keep an eye on if you need a, a depth running back. Yeah, I think Sean Payton mentioned this week about McLaughlin specifically that he's a really good change of pace back and he he really likes him. And he's kind of come out of nowhere. I think he's an undrafted free agent. But um, yeah, nice touchdown for Judy as well. It was a, a good uh, good read by Russ, to be fair. He was getting blitzed and then Judy just on the quick in slant and uh, they, they busted the, uh, the coverage that way. But yeah, um, not much to take from this one, really. Russ didn't look great early on, but then was left out there and kind of grew into it. Yeah, I mean, on Judy, there's a lot of buzz now, and I don't think we've ever questioned that Judy's an, Judy's an elite route runner, but is he one that could take a big step up this year? Because he seems to be getting the buzz as a player that could take a step up. Yeah, I think Andy mentioned it in our NFL group yesterday that he's he's kind of been the first look and he's the first read, so um, they want to get him on the board as much as possible and scheme him up. But um, he's never really stayed fit either, has he? He's quite... Um, quite injury prone isn't he? he was a high ankle last year and he had issues the year before with his hamstring I think but if he stays fit and he's in that offense I think he could be good this year yeah he's a player that always looks good in the highlights that you see on from camp on Twitter just because his route running so good he gets separation he just looks fun doesn't he but I don't know I think he's one that could be a really good value if you're looking at players that are going to step up in value over the next year I think he's one that probably has the highest ceiling to step up really from that I mean, what is he now rated at wide receiver three? There's no reason why he can't be flirting with a back-end wide receiver one if everything goes perfect. I think there is a path there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there probably is a path for him this year as well. I mean, they're down receivers as well, aren't they? Losing uh, Hamler and Patrick. So, yeah, the chance is going to be there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, on to the greatest team in the league. Um, we lost. So, the, the Lions 21, Giants 16. Um, the Lions, I mean, six carries for Jameer Gibbs. Good to see him get get a bit of action there as well. 
as I've said before, Jameson Williams, two receptions. It was actually on uh, quite a number of looks. He got seven targets, two receptions, not very good. Favourite of the podcast, James Mitchell, uh, three targets, three receptions for 53 yards. So really good outing for the young tight end that we both liked pre-Laporta. So don't think there's much else to really analyse. It was quite um, a team of backups really playing for the Lions, but um, you know that they did beat the Giants. So they obviously must be good. Um, the Giants, Danny DeVito, the Penguin, uh, bulk of the work at quarterback. Um, Eric Gray got some uh, work in the receiving game from running back, which, uh, you know, quite interesting. Um, Cole Beasy was the top receiver, which uh, strangely got four receptions there. David Seals, my West Virginia lad, seems to be a bit of a, a practice squad guy for the Giants. He's been there a few years and we just try him out in camp and he absolutely loves it. Graham Gano in decent form already, three long kicks and... Uh, the terrible news for our listeners, really. Bryce Ford Wheat and my other West Virginia lad looked dreadful, unfortunately. A um, couple of poor drops, couldn't separate. And I was a bit worried that he might struggle to stay on the roster uh, unless he has a, a bit of a step up. And, um, you know, we're recording early on a Saturday morning. He did step up a bit last night. We'll, we'll save that for next week. But I don't think it's dead for Bryce, but uh, it didn't look great. So uh, is he heading for the practice squad or not? Talk to me. I mean, it, it, Potentially, I think practice squad is the minimum for him now. He actually stepped up last night. We'll get into it. Two really good receptions. One really good contested catch last night. Uh, and the, he then took for um, a first down. So he showed a bit of fight, a bit of dog in him last night. And uh, I don't think it's over for him at all. He, he's a bit of a sneaky, sneaky bet now to make the 53. So uh, keep an eye on my boy Bryce Ford waiting. It's not over. He's going to have a chance with that athletic profile though, isn't he? But um, just going back to this game, the Lions tried out a load of nobodies, didn't they, for the uh, for, for the bulk of the game? Just a quick six carries and for Gibbs and get him out of there. But um, how did your boy Devito look? Danny Devito, quite small, isn't he? Can he see over the line? Yeah, he's quite small. Yeah, he's uh, you know busy running Gotham, but um, <laughs> he was fine. He's exactly what you expect. We said this before. His name's uh, you know Tommy Devito. He's twenty five year old rookie from New Jersey. I don't need to say any more. He eats um, cold cuts and wears a white track vest suit. with a yeah, tracksuit, velour tracksuit, gold chains, um, and he's playing quarterback for the Giants in preseason. So, um, you know, respect him. He looked fine, to be fair. He, he looked absolutely fine. Um, I do suspect that, you know, they're going to roll with Tyrod as the backup, but who knows? DeVita might stick around in the practice squad and might roll with three. So, um, yeah, interesting to see him. So on to the, uh, the Bengals and the Packers. So, Bengals 19, Packers 36. So Trevor Simeon and Jake Browning, um, neither really stood out, to be honest. I mean, Simeon's really dropped down levels recently. But um, the running back battle between Chris Evans and Chase Brown. So Evans was decent on the ground and Brown had more receptions. No real leader between those two at the moment. I think people expected more out of Chase Brown, but they're kind of even at the minute for the backup to Joe Mixon. Uh, Andre Yoshivas. So I think the Bengals may have something in Andre Yoshivas. I've been scooping him up in quite a lot of drafts, but he's been doing really well in preseason camp and and the actual games now. He's he stood out. So they may have something there if they want to, you know, let Boyd go towards like, next year. I think Boyd's out of contract. But um, onto the Packers. So Jordan Love looked quite good in his limited action. Um, decent touchdown pass. They had a big guy back there, Emmanuel Wilson. Um, two really good touchdowns and some really good bursts for a big man. I think he's in his 240s as well, so he's quite big. But um, definitely one to watch as um, an AJ Dillon replacement. I don't know if you saw his touchdown runs, but he was really fast. I did, yeah. It was a, he went for a long one in the 80-odd yards. It was um, a bit mad, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, as you said, something to watch. And 
I think the running back room there is quite interesting because Jones and Dylan are fine for this year, but you need to start looking at who's next and who might have an option to step up next season. So it won't have done him any harm, will it? Yeah, I think he's one to watch um, for the Packers because he's, he's that big bruising back like Dylan. And, and as you say, Dylan's out of contract next year. So, yeah, him and uh, Taylor. What's the other guy there? Um, Lou, is it his name? Lou Nichols? That's it, Lou Nichols, yeah. He's uh, he's missing time at the moment, which is not great for a rookie. But they picked him up, I think it was the sixth round. So a little bit of draft capital in him. So Lou Nichols is one that I think he's potentially worth a stash if you can sit on a guy. We've seen the Packers do this quite a few times with running backs. And actually did it with uh, Williams, who's down in New Orleans now. He sort of sat and drafted him the same year as Aaron Jones. So, yeah, keep an eye on what's happening in that backfield. But the uh, the Packers as well, they've got a nice run out for all of their wide receivers. All of them got a little bit of work. So just uh, these teams take preseason differently. I mean, Lions rested most of theirs. Packers gave all of their uh, wide receivers a run out. So, yeah, just a quick note that these teams treat um, preseason a bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, moving on to the next game. So the Buccaneers 17, Steelers 27. Um, decent outing for Trey Palmer. Got a decent touchdown, didn't he, as well? And we've obviously heard the news this week that Russell Gage misses some time. I saw that you dropped him in a league and then Russell Gage was linked us out for the season about half hour later. So that was um, a bit of a mistake. I scooped him up the next day, I think. Um, no real information about the running backs in this game for the Buccaneers. No real standout. Uh, a bit of a run out for the LinkedIn legend, John Wolford, who um, is moonlighting between... Uh, you know, a financial advisor and uh, a quarterback in the NFL, which is uh, quite decent for the Wolf Wolford. I mean, in terms of the Steelers, Mason Rudolph, a uh, huge bomb to Calvin Austin for a, a touchdown. And Austin's looked really decent in preseason so far. Some really decent highlights in camp. And I know that when he came out, he was very similar to Tank Dell in that he just dominated the senior bowl and people really were, you know, raving about him and cornerbacks didn't like facing him. One to keep an eye on, I think, Calvin Austin. Um Pickens, one catch for one touchdown. Very efficient, as we're used to seeing with George Pickens. Doesn't get the separation, but a lot of buzz for Pickens at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, he's flying high at the moment, isn't he? There's highlight catches almost daily. And yeah, he came in for this uh, preseason game. I saw it. It was um, sort of nice nice of an in-route. And um, I think it was Rudolph that found him. And he shrugged off one tackle and broke another one, span into the end zone. And nice little celebration, as you can imagine, from George. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, he's looked really fun in camp and I just think he's, he's just an alpha, isn't he? And he's never going to be a separator. And I know that he doesn't perform too well on the reception perception type metrics, but are you changing your mind on Pickens? I know that you've not always been a fan because he's not really a separator or a, you know, a, a route runner, but um, he's got something. He definitely does have something, and I think the fact that uh, he is how he is, is is a part of the something that he's got because he's got total belief in what he is, hasn't he? And I'm, I think that takes him a long way, and he's clearly got skills. He's, I mean, you don't make those catches accidentally, do you? He's continually doing it, isn't he? Yeah, and you forget, I think he had an ACL tear a couple of years ago, so some of the separation issues might be linked to that. And I don't know, there was that interview this week where one of the uh, analysts said that he's more talented than... Justin Jefferson, which, you know, absolute nonsense, really. But I can sort of, if I'm being weird, I can sort of understand what he means. He's, he's naturally very talented. He's just a bit of a knob. And I truly believe that Pickens thinks he's the best in the league. I, I quite like it. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, he probably believes he's just behind Jerry Rice, doesn't he? If not ahead of Jerry. Exactly. So, um, 
Yeah, I really like him. I think he's, again, speaking of Jerry Judy, Pickens is another one that really could, if he has a good season and his targets increase slightly, he could take a massive jump into that sort of, don't know if he quite gets into the, the wide receiver one ADP, but it's not, not impossible. I think that back end of wide receiver one list has got a few guys that are sort of 29 years old. Fast forward a year, a cup, Adams and Diggs going to be as high rated? I don't know. There's definitely room for some of these lads to step in, I think. Yeah, there's some higher rated um, wide receivers that probably drop out of that list, as you say, in the coming season, isn't there, for next year? Yeah, so one to keep an eye on. I mean, in terms of the running back room for the Steelers, not much to really notice. Anthony McFarlane looked really shifty, but he's been doing this for the last few years and he's just a pre-season guy, isn't he? There's nothing to read into that whatsoever. Just a nice little tryout. So um, going back to the uh, the Trey Palmer thing, so um, Ashman dropped him in the Corona League and I scooped him up for, I think, I paid $5 uh, to pick him up because I had a space... I can't remember who was out, but then I ended up um, doing the, the trade we're going to speak about later and getting Christian Kirk. And it was either Trey Palmer or, or um, Josh Downs, who I drafted in my taxi. So I didn't really want to drop Palmer, but didn't have any space for him. So I knew as soon as I dropped him that, uh, that someone would scoop him up. But yeah, I'm just glad it was you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's just a path there. We've said a few times, just keep an eye on what they're trying to do over there and someone needs to step up. They've got Godwin, they've got Evans, but if they're going to be dreadful, it's not impossible that Evans could be moved on at some point. If I if I was losing games, I'd be looking to move Mike Evans. So there's definitely a space for a wide receiver three there. And Palmer looks good. It offers a bit of something different. You've got the outside alpha in Mike Evans. Godwin's that sort of volume target guy. And he's the speedster, isn't he, Trey Palmer? So uh, looked yeah. very, very good. And they like him in the locker room. I saw an interview with Godwin, and they just like what he's bringing. So, yeah, keep an eye on Trey Palmer. Um, that being said, it is preseason, and we can all do a, a nine route and, and, and catch one in the end zone, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, next game, the Dolphins three, Falcons 19. I watched a bit of this one, actually. The Dolphins were terrible. But um, Higgins and Devon A-Chain with some uh, nice work, but it, it was mainly their backups, to be fair. Eric Ezekamma, who was a rookie last year that I quite liked last year, but he, he had a lot of injuries. He was really good. He did some um, some gadget work as well, where he was like doing some jet sweeps and stuff like that. He looked really quick as well. But um, yeah, second year player, so you can't stick him on your taxi. But um, he could have a he could have a role in this offense for sure, the way he showed up in the gadget plays. But um, Skyler Thompson and Mike White, both of them were, were pretty dreadful to be fair. So um, they better hope that uh, Tua stays fit. For the Falcons, a uh, nice run out for Godwin Igwebeke, former uh, Lions running back. He was always okay at the Lions, and they used to trot him out sort of end of season with injuries. He's probably battling for a, uh, battling for a roster spot, though, to be fair, because they're loaded with running backs. But um, mainly a load of unknowns, really. And um, they proper disrespected pre-season, the Falcons, which I, I quite enjoyed seeing. But, yeah, if, I mean, if all you can take from the Falcons is Godwin Igwebeke, then, um, yeah, they put out a, clearly a bunch of nobody. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but um, the deep, deep uh, Josh Alley uh, got three targets. So I'll take that. He, he looked all right. But as you said, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team of nobody's quite like this. I, I, JJ Arcega-Whiteside was the wide receiver one on the day, which um didn't think I'd be saying in 2023. So, yeah, quite respected it. Um, obviously, Logan Woodside playing quarterback. I mean, incredible. Uh, didn't think I'd see that either. Um, but for the Dolphins, some interesting points. I think our boy, um, Elijah Higgins, three targets, two receptions, really decent reception on a seam route out left. Really, really nice as well. Yeah. 
he's finally getting some work, isn't he? And again, it was always going to be a bit of a long shot, but he was costing it absolutely nothing a couple of months ago. We mentioned this in, I think it was in April. Um, and here we are now, and he's the tight end one. He's getting looks. I quite like it. He's getting picked up all over the shop either. So either people are listening to this podcast or they're, they're doing their own work, but I'm not sure which one that'll be. Yeah, I, I, prefer, I prefer not to speak. Um, <laughs> interesting as well, Devon A-Chain, four targets, four receptions, because I think he might struggle to get a lot of that groundwork initially because they're going to trot out Jeff Wilson if he's healthy. And, but if he can get some work in the, the receiving game, I mean, four receptions, 40 yards, that's going to be eight-plus points in a, in a standard league with PPR, isn't it? So that's uh, quite a decent return just on the receptions alone. Yeah. As you say, I think the receiving work is where he's going to get a lot of his work because they've still got Raheem the dream most until he breaks down, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, not much to read into. Uh, they look dreadful as an offence overall, but some interesting individuals, I think, just to keep an eye on. Yep. Uh, so taking us down to the Chargers versus the Rams. So the Chargers came out 34, Rams 17. Um, really good run out for Elijah Dotson for the Chargers. Looked really quick, scored a couple of touchdowns. I saw that you picked him up in a couple of leagues. Not really a guy that I've, I know much about, to be honest with you. And, you know, always interesting to see somebody come out of nowhere and pick up a couple of touchdowns. Um, Quentin Johnson, nice touchdown, but some terrible drops and, just ties in with everything we're hearing from camp and go back to the preseason sort of rookie analysis that we were doing. One of the things that we were saying is about his hands. And then when he got picked up by the chargers, said, I don't know how that's going to fit with Justin Herbert with his powerful throws. Is that going to work with someone with stone hands? Doesn't look good, does it? And uh, I don't think our position's really changed on Quentin Johnson, has it? No, um, still where I've not got him in anywhere just because the picks that I had like one five to one eight or one nine or whatever, I kind of traded away because I didn't really want to trust those guys there. And I was happy to get more, um, more seasoned players with those picks. But, um, I mean, he's going to flash occasionally cause he's quick and you know, the quarterback's amazing. So you're going to get good moments from him, but there's been quite a lot of bad. And I was listening to a podcast this week and, um, Dan Fouts, who obviously covers the Chargers, he said that he's been awful in camp. And um, someone said for one of the team's actual play-by-play guys to come out with that, he must be bad because they try and keep everything positive. So, yeah, for Dan Fouts to mention that, it, it, it must be something going on. But you do get flashes out of him, don't you? Yeah, I think you will because he's athletic and he's quick and he's going to get separation. But... I just don't know if he's that much of a, a great route runner. His hands are a bit a bit hard. So once you've got Justin Herbert throwing it at him really quick as he does, I don't know how well that's going to blend. Uh, it's fine doing it when he's in stick or, you know, Max Duggan's chucking at you, but it's very different kettle of fish when Justin Herbert's throwing at you in games that actually matter. So, yeah, probably didn't teach us anything we didn't already know or feel about Johnston, but, um, yeah, not great. I mean, for the Rams, Stetson Bennett saw a load of action, a bit up and down. He's obviously a rookie, but he flashed a bit. And I think he's going to be fine, isn't he, Stetson Bennett? He's probably, a, you know, very old. Was he 47 now? Um, just an experienced backup. And he could probably step in and just manage a game if Stafford does miss time with his broken back or whatever he's got now. Um, but Puka Nakua, really interesting. Uh, did quite well in this game. He got five targets, went for 32 yards. And he's actually generating a bit of buzz there's always some clips from camp as well so he was a guy that I know that early on you were mentioning Lance McCutcheon he got a few looks as well but someone has to step up in that wide receiver room and 
suppose the deeper guys are getting some looks, aren't they? Yeah, Puka Nakua has been spoken about um, really well by Cooper Cup and a lot of the players around it as well, um, mentioning how well he's taken to it and how well he's picked up the book and how well he's doing the other stuff as well as receiving. So I think they're going to like that down there. And I think there could definitely be a role for Puka Nakua early season on and it's just wherever he grows into it. But um, yeah, Stetson Bennett, I think you've nailed that really in that He's just a really experienced game manager, and I think he's at someone that um, Sean McVay can work with if ever there's a problem with Stafford. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I suppose just on the um, the wide receiver, I'm going to bring up another really deep sleeper guy. There was a few really deep guys that we mentioned in our um, divisional breakdowns. We went to all the undrafted guys, didn't we? And everyone that's even stepped foot in the building. Guy that I picked up for the Rams a few months ago was Tyler Hudson. Um, undrafted mm. guy actually got waived and they signed him back the next day it was clearly just a roster realignment um, two targets two receptions he's just quietly going about his business put up over a thousand yards at Louisville he was excellent for Louisville in his last year um, obviously not a massive school but definitely not a small school either just one to keep an eye on Naku is getting all the praise and Lance McCutcheon's fine and Ben Skronek's fine but I just think there's a bit of a ceiling in Tyler Hudson. See what happens in the next couple of preseason games because he's a very, very good player and he's proved he can put up serious yards. So, yeah, Naku is getting the hype. Keep an eye on my boy Tyler Hudson because I'd love to see him stick on the roster. I'm not even going to need to watch the games because if he does anything, you're going to be DMing me, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. Don't worry. I'll I'll, uh, send you the, the clips. Not a problem. It is, it is brilliant during the week, like or camp practice or pre-season games. Any guys that me or Sean have even spoke about or breathed about, any little bit of uh, positivity, we're both messaging each other with victory laps, aren't we? Yeah, and, and most of the response is shit. That's most of the replies. <laughs> so I'll send you a decent video of a guy that I like and you'll just reply, crap, I'll do the same. And uh, it's all good fun. Yeah, <laughs> I do enjoy those actually. But uh, yeah, next game. So, Eagles nineteen, Ravens twenty. So Ravens with their weirdo preseason streak. But um, Swift and Penny got some work, and um, Gamewell and Boston Scott were given the night off. But um, Trey same Trey Sermon actually got the bulk of the work, and and actually produced mo- most of work on the night. I mean, Swift and Penny only had a little bit of action, but Trey Sermon, I guess he's nice as you as you're running back five or six. But um. Tanner McKee actually looked fairly decent and um, there's been some praise for Tanner McKee out of camp as well. Former Broncos sleeper wide receiver Tyree Cleveland, he had a decent outing as well for the Eagles, so maybe one to see how he gets on. The Ravens, as I said, keep up their silly little pre-scene streak, but um, mostly backups as well, really, so they've done well to get the win out of this game. But a little bit of juice from Justice Hill as well, and um, he's been spoken about well in camp and... I guess he could have a role there, depending on um, how Keaton Mitchell gets on as well. But you've only really got Dobbins and Gus Edwards there. So um, I know that they like Justice Hill as a pass catcher as well. But um, another last thing on the Ravens, Justin Tucker, just still casually banging in 50-plus yarders. Must be nice for Justin Tucker just to pop out every now and then and, and bang long ranges and be clutch all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, He's just so elite, isn't he? He's just money from everywhere. So, as you said, they're, they're a bit weird in the preseason. And I think you, you make a good point about the running back room. We've mentioned about Dobbins and this contract. He's been on the pup list. There's just not much there, is there? I know that I think you and I have picked up and dropped Keaton Mitchell a few times this offseason. Got Gus Edwards, who's missed a lot of time. Justice Hill, who's missed a lot of time. There's room for someone here. And obviously, Dobbins has missed loads of time. So, if you've got a bit of you know, space on your roster, it wouldn't be terrible to take a, a pot shot on one of these lads and see if they get some work. They've all produced when they get an opportunity, haven't they? 
we've obviously forgot big Melv Gordon as well, but apparently he's on the roster bubble. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see about that one. Yeah, I mean, usually when we see one of these veterans sign, you see loads of people pick him up. I, I think I've seen one person pick up Gordon across 20 plus leagues. I just don't think anyone cares anymore, do they? Well, yeah, the bloke that picked him up also believes in lizards running the world, though. So um, I'm not sure. About yeah, him. yeah. Bless Sav. Yeah. <laughs> picked up Melvin Gordon in 2023. Good luck to him. Good. Well, um, I'll take us along to the Jaguars and the Cowboys. So the Jaguars came out, Jaguars 28, Cowboys 23. Um, some amazing Nathan Rourke play for the Jaguars and Tank Bigsby looked fairly decent, got some nice work. But again, mainly backups playing. Um, you know, to see the Trevor Lawrence touchdown in this game, he was sort of off platform. He was getting rushed about and he then switched no, was, to his... No, that was Rourke. Was that Rourke? I thought it was Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Jesus, it shows, uh, no. shows how good it was. And I thought it was Trevor Lawrence. Um, no, but he, he, he looked quite decent, didn't he, then? And, I mean, Tank Bigsby got a load of work as well, put up 52 yards on the ground, averaging 5.8 yards a carry, which is fairly decent. Um, ETN didn't really mix in that much. He had a few carries, didn't he? But, obviously, they're not going to use him too much. Um, not much to really say about the rest of it. The starters didn't get much work there, um, so not much to say. But moving on to the Cowboys... My boy Will Greer uh, came out and, and played quite well. So I'll always um, rep for Will Greer. Anyone that vaguely went to West Virginia, I'll always love. Mm. Beep up nearly 200 yards and threw for a couple of touchdowns. Classic Will Greer, threw an interception. Of course he did. Um, yeah. But Deuce Vaughan looked quite interesting. And I mean, it's not, I don't think it's going to change my mind because I do still think he's a bit too small. But interesting, looked very shifty, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, you're getting a lot of positive clips out of camp. I don't know if that's his dad cutting him up and putting him together. But, um, yeah, he looked in the actual game as well, didn't he, last week? Yeah, I mean, it's one play that he sort of juked sideways and he made two two linebackers run into each other um, rather than tackle him. So he's going to be tricky. I'm sure he's going to have some fun highlights this season, but I just still don't know if I want to roster him just because if he does get hit, it's going to be serious, isn't it? Was he 5'5", five, 5'6"? Five, five, Not great. So, um, yeah, but hey, nice. Another guy that we thought was probably dead, but there's been a bit of buzz this offseason. Jalen Tolbert um, with a nice touchdown. Had a really decent camp. And again, there, there is a path to, to being used. I think he was a third round pick last year. So reasonable um, draft capital invested in him. And I think they want to have a look and see what he's got, don't they, this year? Yeah, I think the reports last year was that he came into camp and he struggled with the playbook and he struggled picking up professional habits. But apparently this year he's come back sharp he's come back tuned in and yeah there's been nice reports about him and there's been comments from other players about him as well so can't be obviously putting your taxi because he's a second year player but I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on in regards to that depth there because he could he could end up as wide receiver four there couldn't he I mean you've got Lamb, Gallup and Cooks and then maybe Tolbert and I think Gallup's up next year I think and so yeah he could yeah. end up playing there going forward couldn't he? Yeah Gallup's up next year and he's obviously missed a load of time with injuries and Cooks is very, very good, but it wasn't that long ago that Cooks was one concussion away from retiring, I think. He was um, had a few concussions in the past, and yeah, so there's definitely a path that he could get some work this year. Um, but interesting one for me, I think Jake Ferguson. Um, we spoke about the tight end position being a bit of a weird one. They picked up Luke mm. Shoemaker in the second round, and remember you and I talking about Ferguson versus Shoemaker versus Pendershot, and don't think we were that interested in Shoemaker because it's just a bit of a weird room. But Ferguson's the one that's coming to the top and could prove to be a very, very good value. We've seen this with Dalton Schultz and people in the past. So 
if you're going to wait on tight end this year or you need someone, I think he could be a nice little value because I don't think you're going to have to pay too much to get him, are you? Yeah, I think uh, Jake Ferguson likely starts the season as their tight end one. And once he's got a, a class one that job as well, Another thing there is Prescott likes his tight end as well, doesn't he? So if Ferguson's doing well in that position, they're not just going to bring in the shoemaker, are they? No, exactly. And he's a rookie. So, I mean, fast forward a year and it might be shoemaker's turn. But for now, I think Jake Ferguson's the guy. And it was a question of would it be Pendershot, would it be Ferguson? And it looks like Ferguson's the uh, the answer there. And I've got shoemaker, I think, in one just because I thought I might as well get a bit of exposure. But I'm just going to stick him on my taxi and I don't think I'll be activating this year unless something massively changes. Yeah, I've got him in a couple, and I don't think I'll be activating him this year. So uh, we'll move on anyway to the the Jets and the Panthers. So Jets 27, Panthers 0. Panthers are really poor, to be fair. But it was a nice Zach Wilson outing, um, really solid in all his work that he did. Banakanda, again, looked really, really good, um, shifty and um, good with his work, what he did. Um, yeah, the Panthers, as I said, were awful. Bryce Young, I think he only had six passes. Tough to really tell anything. And he was smashed twice as well. Absolutely smashed out of his feet. But the Panthers' O-line was poor. And, you know, this is the thing with bringing these rookies in for these games. They're playing behind third or fourth string linemen. But um, Matt Corral come in as well. He was terrible. And uh, it was mainly backups, really, for the Panthers that played. But didn't really do anyone any favours. Bryce Young won't have enjoyed that. The six passes he was there and getting smashed twice. And didn't really advance Matt Corral because, again, he's playing behind, like, reserve linemen. But, yeah, terrible from the Panthers, not even putting a point on the board. Yeah, absolutely terrible. And I think people are overacting a little bit to Bryce Young. As you said, it's probably the third and fourth string linemen. I don't think it's exactly what he's going to be facing by the time the season rolls around. And seen a few clips where the C's just absolutely parted in front of Bryce Young, which bit terrifying, really, if uh, if you've got a decent uh, defensive player there, just going to smash him. It's not great, is it? But I'm not panicking just yet. I'll tell you a guy that I am panicking on and I'm probably going to be out on completely. It's a guy that I was holding out hope for to see if he gets any rapport with the new quarterback in camp and previous uh, history of being very productive in college. But Terrace Marshall, I mean, missing more and more time. He's injured again. No real positive news in camp. He's not a starter in any of the projected, you know, free wide receiver sets. They're rolling with Mingo, with Phelan and with DJ Chark. Do you really care about the wide receiver four or five for the Panthers when they're putting up zero in preseason? I'm honestly going to cut Marshall this season, I think. I'm just done now. Are you there yeah, yet or are you still still hoping? Um, I'm going to keep him probably for, I don't know, early season. But yeah, I mean, you were quite angry about it in the, in the messages this week and you're done with him, aren't you? But um, yeah, I don't know. I probably will be as well, but I'm going to give it a little while. Yeah, I think, you know, we play in very deep leagues in fairness. So you can sort of keep him without really sacrificing anything, can't you? But if you're not in a deep league, I just move on straight away. You know, we play in very deep benches, so... I mean, who are you going to swap him for? Probably a Jalen Tolbert. So it's not not too much, is it, off waivers? Yeah, exactly that. But um, let's move on to the next game anyway. So this is my this is my boys. Obviously, I watched I watched a fair bit of this game to be fair, because obviously my team. But um, Titans seventeen, Bears twenty three. So a massive, massive, massive win for the Bears. Huge, huge win. Terrible win. <laughs> so uh, the Titans for the Titans as I said earlier Malik Willis looked better than Levis but he played with more first team O-line I mean Levis was fine in what he did but yeah Willis did look better um, Ty J Spears looked really really good from the action that I saw really shifty cuts really well considering the guy hasn't got a knee he um, he was brilliant but um, 
not much at wide receiver beyond the main lads, uh, just onto the Bears. So Justin Fields, I think, I think he only threw two balls and two touchdowns, but it was two screens. So his stats looks amazing. So I think he's got two for two and like 160 odd yards, but they were both screens. So DJ Moore only come out for one pass and he took one of those to the house on the screen and that was his only work. And then Khalil Herbert, um, he took the other screen for 56 yards. So really efficient from fields, but yeah, not much to tell from it. Khalil Herbert got the bulk of the running back work as well with the starters. So that suggests that he's running back one. But um, some nice work for Roshan Johnson as well um, during the game. He's now um, he's now getting some hype from camp as well, that he's probably number two now already over Foreman. And I think um, Roshan's on his way, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just on fields, I woke up and I saw the box score before I'd looked at the highlights and I saw fields has got 100 odd yards and two complete. I thought, what on earth's happened here? But yeah, really nice. uh, I don't think you can read much into that. I can't imagine DJ Moore's going for 66 yards every reception. And I think Khalil Herbert got 50 odd yards in one reception. So um, yeah, it's nice. But been the interesting one, obviously, Khalil Herbert, I think it's very clearly going to be the running back one in this committee to start the season. But the drumbeat is happening for Roshan Johnson. And I do think Roshan Johnson probably is a better all-round back uh, and it might come through eventually. But if you need a starter early in the season, Khalil Herbert's the guy. I picked him up in a couple of our redraft leagues. But um, in Dynasty, I do think Johnson's got got a role and will come into this side you know, at some point in the season. Because is Herbert out next season on the contract? Uh, I think he is. He was a fifth rounder. So, yeah, he's been, this is his year three. So I do think this is his last year, but it, it does look like arrows up for uh, Roshan Johnson right now. The, the talk out of camp this week, they, uh, the coaches love him, really love him. Like we said they would, though, didn't we? We said he's going to be really good in in the, the dirty stuff of the running back, and he, and he really is. They was praising his pass protection this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some rubbish on it, though. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the guy just complete you know, Hyperbole was saying he's better than um, he's better than Bijan Robinson. I mean, I think that's just nonsense, really. He was hidden a bit behind Bijan, but he's clearly not better than Bijan. He's just a very good all-round back, isn't he? He's big, quick, good in pass protection, just a just a good guy to have around. But he's definitely not better than Bijan. I'm not having that. It's a bit too far. By the way, just one thing there. You said Hyperbole, didn't you? I used I, to say that, but I, I've been corrected that it's hyperbole. I just don't like it. I know it's hyperbole, but I just hate the way it sounds. So I'm a hyperbole man. I'm going to stick with hyperbole now. I know that an official lawyer is as well. I'm going to stick it, with it. I'm just not having it. I'm not having hyperbole. I'm not having Gino Smith. So stick with me. You won't go far wrong. Hyper hyperbole is what I'm going for, in, especially in NFL talk. So um, I love it. yeah, but thanks for pulling me on it though as well. Because as I was saying it, I noticed it, but I'm just not changing. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, the next one, the Colts and the Bills. So this finished Colts 19, Bills 23. Um, quite a limited first team of use for the Colts, like many of these guys. And, you know, Minshew got a bit of a trot out and Ellinger got a bit of a trot out. Richardson did get some work. And, you know, Dion Jackson uh, got bulk of the carries in the running game, looked quite decent. Josh Downs, though, uh, two targets, two receptions, and, you know, he tried out. So a lot of talk that he could be trending towards being the starting slot receiver either over Isaiah McKenzie, which, um, you know, again, we predicted this quite a while ago and not been much noise about Josh Downs, but he's finally getting a little bit of buzz, and that's quite nice to hear, isn't it? Yeah, it's been happening this week, hasn't it? There's more and more about Josh Downs, and I, I, I think he's going to be in that offense, to be honest. 
Yeah, I think you look at the opposite, the, the two guys outside of him. Pittman's a big outside alpha and um, you've obviously got, I can't remember the last name now. He's a guy that I actually really like. Um, wide receiver too. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I can't think of his name right now. I, I, um, Alec Pierce. Yeah, skinny wildcat guy. Um, yeah. it, I mean, he's a downfield threat, linking up very well, Richardson. But there's someone, there's room for someone to eat in that intermediary work, isn't there? And could be, could be Josh Downs, could be one of these tight ends. But there's definitely going to be some work there, particularly if Richardson is a little bit raw, as we suspect he might be. He might be looking for some of these dump offs if he can't run. They're going to stack boxes against him because they know he's going to run, and that just leaves it open for a, a slot receiver. So yeah, I, I quite like seeing Josh Downs get a bit of hype now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but for the Bills, like many teams, barely any first-teamers. Uh, James Cook had a, a really decent touchdown and, you know, he got got some nice work as well. Um, five yards carry, not a bad start for um, for James Cook at all. Latavius Murray tried out, got a bit of work. And, I mean, the receiving core there was just a load of nobodies, really. Andy Isabella and, you know, all these sort of lads. So not much to read into from a receiver room. A guy that I think is trending downwards a little bit for me. It's a guy that we did like is Khalil Shakir. There's just not been that much yeah. noise about him as there. And he got four, four targets, two receptions in this game, but just been very, very quiet. And I don't know, it's um, not quite where I wanted him to be. I was hoping he'd get a lot of buzz as the, the starting slot guy, but not really happened. Um, Barkley at quarterback, really efficient, wasn't he? Uh, 14 attempts, 15 completions for 172 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So again, just a solid, decent veteran backup, isn't he? Yeah, he's been there a while in that system and he's kind of just a really, really nice backup there, isn't he? He's, he's decent at what he does and he comes in and he plays. He's fine, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's all you need, really. Uh, so that's that. Take us uh, to the next one. So Chiefs 24, Saints 26. So for the Chiefs, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got the start with a, when the starters were out there and um, he looked fine, actually, in the work that he did. Uh, Valdez Scantlin and Sky Moore um, were also with the starters. So that suggests that in, in the two wide set that it's going to be MVS and Sky Moore, which is uh, good for our Sky Moore stock. But for the Saints, really, really good uh, outing for Jameis. He was um, he was really good. And I've seen a lot of people say that um, if they're happy with Jake Hayner in camp, that this could be a potential shot window for Jameis to, to trade him if there's any sort of quarterback injuries. But um, I'm all over Jameis. I still love Jameis and... Hopefully he can get a start a job somewhere because I think he could be really good for someone. But he, he linked well with um, rookie A.T. Perry as well. Linked really well with him. I think Perry went six for six, six for six on 70 yards and he scored a really nice touchdown as well. Did you see the touchdown? The one that he kind of dropped in the end zone? I did, yeah. yeah. He looked really, really good, didn't he? And um, he was actually a guy that you hyped quite a bit in fairness because we were looking at these big physical receivers. I was with my boy Bryce Ford-Wheaton and A.T. Perry was your guy, wasn't he? So... Really nice to see him come out and get get that sort of volume straight away. And obviously, you need to temper expectations. The starters went out there, but he did what he did all he could do, didn't he? Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, I mean, he, he caught everything that went his way, and yeah, he had a good rapport with Jameis. So um, yeah, he did really well. But um, take us to the next game. This next game, by the way, has got one of my boys in it. So you do him justice, please. I don't know if I will, because um, I, I think he's <laughs> terrible. Um, so forty nine is seven. Raiders thirty four. Um, this was a bit of a sad game for me, really, because Trey Lance, I've sort of been sticking with the Trey Lance bandwagon. I know that you like him as well, and he just looked quite bad, didn't he? His mechanics were all over the place, and he hesitates on his throws and just really didn't look great. He was getting crushed before he could release it, and these are all the things that you were hoping he was working on with these trainers in the off-season, and 
he's very quickly sliding down this depth chart, which is just a killer. Um, Sam Darnold looked absolutely fine, and it's very clear now. I think Darnold's going to be the, the quarterback two, and Purdy's going to be the one, and Trey Lance just can't stick around there as a quarterback three. He really needs to get some sort of move. Obviously, you can look at the, the O-line was the third stringers, and it's probably not going to offer the same protection, but Trey Lance, as a mobile quarterback, needs to be doing better there, and it's, uh, it's definitely not looking good for him long-term, is it, at the moment? Nice. Oh, I mean, I watched three quarters of this game and um, he just looked really bad for Lance. He looked a little bit forlorn by it all. He was behind a poor O-line. But as you said, he was really hesitant on some throws as well. The first read was open a couple of times and Ross Dwelly was open a couple of times. He just didn't pull the trigger. And you just wonder if he's a bit scrambled by it all. I mean, he was brought in with so much fanfare and so much draft capital and now he's kind of the quarterback free there, and he just it just looks bad for him at the minute. Donald was fine with what he did and hit a couple of actually really nice sideline throws, but yeah, it looked really bad for Lance. I've, I kind of felt sorry for the kid as well, to be fair. I think the issue is he's not played any football really for a couple of years, and he came out of college and he hadn't played much football in college either. I think he had sort of one one full year as a starter, didn't he, which was 2019. I mean, in college he played 19 total games and he threw a total of about 310 passes in his entire college career. He's then missed a couple of years. He's obviously he had a COVID year. It's just nothing's really fell right for him. And I do feel for him. He reminds me of, do you remember Darnold in, in New York when he was playing against the Patriots and he was seeing ghosts and all this sort of stuff? Yeah. He's, his yeah. head's just totally shot and don't like to see it. He just needs to get a move out of there. I just don't know who's going to really move for him. Somebody that needs a, a bit of a project and to give someone a shot, maybe you could see we're going to get onto them in a second, but you know, the Raiders might be looking at quarterback next year. The Vikings might be looking at moving Kirk cousins. If, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter goes down, could the Falcons look at him? He just needs something, doesn't he? A bit of a fresh start. Wouldn't be the worst thing. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Ronnie Bell, um, rookie receiver looked fairly decent, had a really good reception out on the right hand side as well. And, he looked like he's a, a bit of a fighter as well, which I quite liked. Just one to keep an eye on, a really decent name as well. I think we said before, he sounds like a villain from the East End, so I quite like that. Um, but the Raiders uh, started a, a rookie quarterback, Aidan O'Connell, dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Um, <laughs> no, no, he looked really, really good, Aidan O'Connell, actually. And we mentioned earlier about just being a bit of a game manager for Stetson Bennett. I think Connell's that and then some, isn't he? He's, Clearly, um, very composed, decent quarterback, but I think he's got a bit more about him than that. So it's one to watch with all these health scares for Jimmy Garoppolo and came in and could he pass his medical? There's a really competent um, rookie quarterback that could step in if needed. But I mean, do you want to jump in here? Because you're a big fan of Aidan O'Connell. Yeah, I mean, he was one of my quarterback sleepers this year. Uh, Rappaport come out and said he was his sleeper and then went through the reasons why. He was a walk-on at Purdue, but he actually really produced some great stats while he was at Purdue. And they were saying as well at the Combine, he was one of the best throwers. And his name's kind of stuck with me all through the process. He was one of the best throwers at the Combine. And then, um, what's the coach's name? Um, what's his, Josh McDaniels got him into yeah. camp and said he reminds him a lot of... Um, with Tom Brady with his release and I've kind of been hearing about Aiden O'Connell all throughout and then as I've watched him as well it's kind of like there might be something here with this and then when they bring Jimmy in and Jimmy's obviously had his injury issues I'm like wow this guy can have a really big chance I think I've scooped him up in something like 18 leagues or something stupid he's probably going to end up being a bum but this for me last week as I, as I said to you I was watching this game 
just watching him, he was dealing. He was he was brilliant. He he ran the offense really really well and picking up coverages and yeah, he just looked like a seasoned professional at quarterback. And um, I think I was messaging you throughout the game, wasn't I? You were, yeah. I woke up in the morning. I had about ten messages and clips of Aidan O'Connell, and I think I did just reply saying "shit," didn't I? So um, <laughs> tends to be what happens. But I mean, I think it's interesting the two the two rookie quarterbacks that have looked really decent and really composed. Stetson Bennett, twenty six years old. Aidan O'Connell's yeah. nearly twenty five years old. They're just very experienced guys that you know, just a bit more mature. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was coming into the NFL at twenty twenty one years of age, I wouldn't have a clue what I'm doing. So. um yeah, it's interesting and just one to keep an eye on because Jimmy's fine, um, but he's never really been the healthiest. He's always missed time. And I think at the very worst, the Raiders have got a competent guy that can just come in and manage a game and, and do fairly well, haven't they? And yeah, as you said, one to keep an eye on. I've got no doubt at all you're going to flip Aidan O'Connell for a, a second and a third at some point this in multiple leagues. <laughs> it's going to happen. I refuse, I, refuse, I refuse to speak. I refuse yep. to speak. Um, we've had a, another tight end here. Cole Fotheringham played fairly well at tight end. And Zamir White, um, with Josh Jacobs still not in the building, got the bulk of the first team carries there. And I think Sincere McCormack stepped in and, and got a bit of work. And actually, I think he got a touchdown as well. So, um, yeah, again, no real news about Josh Jacobs. And Zamir White continues to be the guy for now. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing at all about Jacobs, is there? No new deal from the Raiders and no talk of him coming back. So, Zamir White is taking all of those uh, first-team carries at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, Fotheringham is an interesting one because he got five targets and five receptions. So, he's just very, very um, efficient. He's a bit of a nobody. He's on a futures deal. But, um, yeah, again, like A.T. Perry, you can only do, you know, do whatever you have come your way. And he caught everything. So, yeah, a good game for him. Yeah, he got himself open quite a lot, actually. And, sat down in like soft spots of the zones and things like that so he was he was fairly good as a route runner really and the work that he did he, he did well he got good hands as well but um yeah i mean i don't know how much you can take from this but yeah he was fine yeah it's still early isn't it we'll see what happens the rest of pre-season and we'll uh, make massive conclusions from it all as always and but nicely nicer football back yeah definitely so let's go move on to some uh trades that have taken place in uh, some of our leagues so this week in our coronavirus classic league Obviously, a league that was started uh, started up deep in uh, deep in COVID, but um, so I gave Jordan love, and I got back a twenty five first Christian Kirk and Clayton Tune. But um, I, I mean, a lot of people didn't like this trade. But talk talk to me. I mean, at first I, I went mad. I said you've committed robbery and all that sort of stuff. But if you think about it, Jordan Love is worth a, a twenty four first, isn't he? Like he's a starting quarterback, yeah. and just with the upside, he's worth a twenty four first. You move that first back a year, a 25 first, it's less valuable. Christian Kirk is probably worth a late first or a couple of seconds. And Clayton Tunes are throwing, but a lot of upside. So, I mean, at first I thought you'd committed massive robbery, but the more I think about it, it's not terrible. It's, uh, you know, a first and a couple of seconds for a starting quarterback. I, I don't know. Um, I still think you came out very well here and uh, yeah, it's a nice return for you, but I, I can see it. I mean, what, what do you think? Give us the honest truth. I'm in no way out on Jordan Love. I'd actually pick Jordan Love up in leagues if I could, but it was just that I had a spare quarterback in that league and it was just try and get some capital back and, and try and get some depth receiver. Like Kirk was a nice depth receiver, but that, that led to me releasing, obviously, Josh Palmer, which uh, you scooped up. So it's worked out for you as well, this trade. Yeah, exactly. It's not too bad. And I don't know, Clayton Tune's the interesting piece because if Clayton Tune ends up starting the season, suddenly you've got a first 
a receiver worth a first and another starting quarterback who's not going to be worth a first, but, you know, a decent deal. So I can see it, but I can also see why someone might believe in Jordan Love. Some decent weapons there and it's a winnable yeah. division that is going to be competitive. So Jordan Love's going to have to show out and probably a bit of a gamble and slight overpay from them, but I can get it. If this was a 24 first, I'd think it would be a, a massive, massive win for you. But you've got to wait a year. I, I can I can see it. It's just the price of a starting quarterback, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in Superflex, if you've got a starting quarterback, I mean, it starts at a first in general, doesn't it? Unless they're a proper, proper old backup. But yeah, it starts at a first in general, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And Kirk's a weird one, though, because I don't know if people would pay a first, but his value is a first, isn't it? You're not going to sell him for a second straight up. Yeah, I like him as a as a volume piece this year. And it was just a nice piece of depth for me to add, really. Yeah. Would you have done the deal without Kirk in it? So Clayton Tune and a first for Jordan Love. Would you have sold for that? No. no, no. I think it's close. I think it's a twenty-four first. I'd consider it if Clayton Tune yeah, gets the starting yeah. gig. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, no. I, I wanted. I did want the depth receiver. That was one of the, uh, the the things that I wanted out of it. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have done it without Kirk. To be fair. No. We'll talk us through your next one in our um in our podcast league, the Adjust Your Ranks Dynasty League. Yeah, so the Adjust Your Ranks Dynasty League. So I gave Sam Howe a 24 third and a 24 fourth, and I got back Javante Williams. So this uh, the guy um, come to me first off, and um, he wanted Howe. I can't remember what he offered initially. I think it was another running back. I can't remember. But I just went back Howe for Williams straight swap, and then he come back um, that I gave the third and the fourth, which I was happy to do. But... Um, I really like Javante, and I had a spare quarterback as well. I mean, my third backup will now be Tannehill instead of Howe, but um, I think I added Carson Wentz off away just in the hope that he maybe gets a job. But, um, yeah, I was happy to get Javante because my running back depth was pretty poor, and I like him as well. So what do you make of this one? I think it's fine. I think it's absolutely fine. It sounds, I think, that you got Javante cheap initially, but if you think about it, what's Javante's value? A later first, probably given the risk. He's worth a first, isn't he? Sam Howe's just yeah. been announced as a starting quarterback, so he's worth a late first, whether people like it or not. So I think it makes sense. It seems like you've got Javante cheap, but I just think it's people underrating the value of a starting quarterback in Sam Howe. If he keeps that job for the next few years, that's absolutely fine, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's great, yeah. Value, great value for Sam Howe, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I like this deal for you again. I think, you know, you're one of the more active traders and you, you do always do well and people call the police on you a lot, but um, no, you do well. I, I like both deals for you here. Really decent. Um, I've so not been as active. One, this, this, next one, this next one made you really, really angry, didn't it? So I'll let you talk us through this one. I'll talk us through. This is in our Essex League. Um, all of our leagues have got decent names. So this is the Essex Invitational League. Uh, one of our good boys, Craig, gave up Trevor Lawrence and he got back Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, 25 first, 25 second, 26 first and a 26 second. So, I think for Craig, I can get it. Craig's obviously going to go into sort of a mini rebuild. I think he's got two sort of upside younger quarterbacks and Purdy's going to be the starter, plus a couple of firsts and a couple of seconds. So got to wait a bit of time for him. There's nothing in 24 there, but I can see it. The reason I was so angry is that Craig and I had gone back for two or three days trying to conclude a big deal. Um, and I saw the notification, a trade has been accepted in, in the league and I got excited. I opened it up. Oh, mate, I was absolutely crestfallen. I opened it up and I saw that my name wasn't anywhere to be seen. Um, I was devastated. But where we were, Craig and I, my offer to him was, I'm trying to cash out on Burrow just to sort of um, 
spread my depth a little bit really because i've got a decent start inside but looking at your side the other the other week i'm just a bit nervous at how strong it is so i'm trying to get a bit more depth and i offered craig um the sort of deal we ended up going for i was offering joe burrow in a second i wanted brandon Ayuk and trevor lawrence and that was sort of going back and forth it was around that so i was giving up burrow in a little bit and i was getting back lawrence and Ayuk. And I thought that was fairly all right, in fairness. He's getting the more higher upside in Burrow, probably. But I was quite happy to tear down to Lawrence, get Ayuk thrown in, because I really like Ayuk this year. And we were adding bits and pieces. It was changing a little bit. Then I saw this, mate. So I was devastated. But talk to me. Is it a good deal for Craig? What are you thinking? Because I'm biased here. I'm fuming. I mean, I can see the uh, the upside. The only pro- the only issue that I've got with it is is twenty six picks. If it was twenty four first, twenty four second, and twenty five first and twenty five second, I think I'd have been much happier. It's just twenty six is three years away in real time, and yeah, for Trevor Lawrence, I just would have preferred them twenty four picks. But I don't think that um, it was Amrit that did the deal. I don't think he's got twenty four picks, so. Yeah, it's fine. You're getting two quarterbacks and, and a lot of capital there to use. And who's to say that um, you're not picking up, you know, more with that capital? But it, yeah, just for me, the, how far in future that capital was was the only thing that really put me off. But I can see it from yeah. Craig's point of view because he's, he's he's cashing in on Lawrence, isn't he? Yeah, I think the real interesting point on these sort of ones though is: are you going to start both Purdy and Jordan Love in your your quarterback and your superflex positions? Because I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a higher ceiling this year. He could put up sort of 23, 24 points a game, which is, you know, really, really good. Suddenly, Purdy and Love, are they going to have that sort of ceiling? I mean, I'm looking at Craig's side. He's got Brock Purdy, Bryce Young and Jordan Love as his quarterbacks now. I don't think any of them are consistently going to scrape 20 points and above, are they? So it's capped his ceiling quite a lot. And he's got to wait a couple of years for the picks. I don't know. Um, it's, it is a gamble, definitely, um, but I can sort of see it. It's it's just a bit too much to turn down, isn't it, in terms of overall value for Craig? Yeah, that's my issue is just that them, them picks are, are too far in the future. But Craig and I have had some uh, some trade talks as well this week and I nearly pulled the trigger on one yesterday, but I couldn't quite do it. So I was going to give up um, Jackson Swift and Jigba, Kendra Miller, uh, 24 first and a 24 second four. Brees Hall and Brandon Ayuk. Now, uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't fire off on it in the end. I was giving up probably my favourite rookie wide receiver and I need receivers in that league as well. And Kendra Miller, I really like. And it was the first and the second. And it was for a running back in Brees Hall. I just don't know if I can do it for a running back. But I do, I do probably need an upgrade on, on my running back in that league. But I just couldn't pull the trigger. What do you What do you think of that one? So uh, Smith and Jigba, Kendra Miller, first and a second for Hall and Ayuk. Yeah, it's tough. I think if um, if Dalvin Cook hadn't it's landed close. in the it's Jets, close. yeah, it's, it's close. close yeah, I think without um, without Dalvin Cook landing in in New York this week, I probably would have been happy to do that. But I just it's a lot to give up and giving up Jackson Smith and Jigba for Hall, who might not do much for the first part of the season. I can see it. I mean, the longer we play Dynasty, we're quite reluctant to give away these elite wide receivers just because they have so much more value, don't they? But yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I feel like you conclude trades all the time. Maybe I'm just a bit too tight because I was looking back at my deals with Craig and we went back and forth on this. Craig offered me Brandon Ayuk and uh, Trevor Lawrence for Burrow in a second. And me being cheeky, I tried to squeeze another third out of him. And that's when I lost the deal. So um, I wanted Ayuk, Lawrence and a third 
to give up Burrow in a second. And yeah, maybe I was just being a bit too greedy there because if I hadn't asked for that extra third, that's quite worthless, really. I'd have got my deal done. So yeah, bit of a poor week from me and Craig scuffled away and he will never be allowed back in my trade room ever again. <laughs> Craig's a good lad though, isn't he? Let's have that right on here. I'm not confirming anything. Um, not after this week, but <laughs> but no, he's a good good boy. Um, I'm sure we'll do some business in the future, but I, I can see it. It's an interesting one, bit of a blockbuster uh, and many more to come, I'm sure. So uh, a trade that didn't go down in our uh, PCHDL league. This was between me and you. So I knew you wouldn't take it, but I just threw it out there in case you, uh, in case you felt like sending a, an offer back. But um, I need a bit of depth in that league because I traded quite a lot away for um, Justin Fields the other week. So I offered out AJ Brown and um, I wanted back DJ Moore, Javante Williams and Sky Moore. So in value, it's probably probably bang on, but... You're not really in a position to kind of take on AJ Brown now, I think, considering where you are. But um, what did you talk, talk me through it. What did you think? Yeah, I can sort of see what you were doing, but I've just gone for a, a rebuild and I've I've rebuilt well, I think, actually. My starting side is decent, but it's young. I'm just not in a position where I want to package up most of my rebuild for a, 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 an, I know he's not old, AJ Brown, but an older sort of win now piece when I've built my side around a rebuild. So, um, I sort of got it from you. It was just a bit too rich for me to give up. And particularly because you're a Bears fan. I know that you love DJ Moore, so you overvalue him. So it just felt like I was giving too much. I thought, could I counter? But just the deal wasn't right for me. I couldn't take on AJ Brown. So there wasn't really anything that would balance it out for me without trying to rip you off. And it just wouldn't work. So I sort of saw what you were after. But yeah, it wasn't one for me, I'm afraid. I'm trying to move away from AJ Brown myself in a couple of leagues. So um, I get why you're doing it. We both really like him, but... I think the time is to try and cash out if you can, isn't it? So you didn't even like my follow-up message of your load of bums need a wide receiver one. Yeah, I think you you suggested that I had Gabe Davis. I think Gabe Davis is my wide receiver six. I was absolutely raging about it. Um, but yeah. So anyway, talk to me about the other one. We've nearly, con- well, I say we've nearly concluded. We had a couple of offers going around this week. So another league that we've got, the Be Well Crew Dynasty League. Um, I offered you... Out of nowhere, to be fair, what I thought was a fairly yeah. decent offer in terms of value. So I've rebuilt in that league uh, as well. Um, and I've got some really decent pieces at running back, but I'm just a bit average all over the shop, at wide receiver, tight end and quarterback. So my wide receiver room, sort of Drake London, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, Rashad Bateman, that sort of ilk. That They're all fine, but I need someone to really step up and be a lead wide receiver one. So I sent you Drake London, who I know you love, and Kenneth Walker straight up for CeeDee Lamb. And I thought in value, that's actually not terrible. I thought it was okay. It was a flat rejection. You slagged me off in the league, said it was a dreadful offer. Talk to me. You're on, on live on the air now. Was this a terrible offer? What was going on? No, I messaged you after. It was actually a really good offer. It's just that the the way that my team is built, um, I've got BJ and Robinson and I didn't want to add another Atlanta piece because I've got Bijan and Drake London in loads of leagues, and I just don't want that double double Atlanta hit. But um, the message in the league I put was disgusting offer from Sean in the inbox, sick of it. But um, that was just bravado for the league. But um, it was a really good offer. I mean, Kenneth Walker I really, really like as well, and I would have taken him, but I've already got Charbonnet, and I don't want to be carrying um, handcuffs because I hate it. So... It was actually a really, really good deal. Two players I really, really like in, in Drake London and, and Walker as well. If I didn't have Charbonnet and I didn't have Bijan, I probably would have done it. But it just would have made my squad a bit awkward. So, yeah, really good deal. Value was probably bang on. But, yeah, it's just the other pieces that I couldn't do it around, really. 
Yeah, I mean, talk to me about Drake London, though, because, I mean, he's a player that everyone really likes, and but he's not quite yet done anything, really. It's, it's all sort of upside and projections. Are you confident Des Ridder's going to uh, elevate him? Is he going to be sort of worth the hype? I think Drake London's going to be really, really good. I've tried to pick him up. Obviously, people have seen me trying to pick him up everywhere, but I think he's going to be really, really good this year. I think um, there was a few game sample last year when Ridder come in when he just was giving all the targets to Drake London. I think if they do throw, it's going to be more to London than anybody and London and Pitts maybe, but I think he's set for a big season. He's, he's a big receiver. He used to be a basketball player, so he's really, really good with a catch point and really athletic and fast. I just think he's got everything. I feel a lot of people comped him to Mike Evans coming out and there's a little bit of that in his game, but yeah, I just like everything about Drake London and you try and pick up the receivers that could be elite now so that you're not paying that elite price for them in future. So, yeah, that was my thinking with Drake London. I think he could be the next one on, on the conveyor belt of the elite receivers, but just not that expensive quite yet. I think quite a few people are down on him because of Ridder, though, aren't they? Yeah, but it doesn't take much for Ridder. I think um, it might have been Craig or Alex in, in one of our little group chats. If Ridder can just be average, then London's ceiling is very, very high. And I mean, what you're paying now, a first and a, a first and an extra, up to two first, maybe. He very well yeah. could become that Garrett Wilson, sort of up to three first type value next season, I think. So, yeah, um, we'll see if Ridder can perform at an average level. And if he can't, they'll get another quarterback in next year because they've got some really elite pieces. They're building that line, decent enough defense that they're, they're in the right direction, I think, aren't they? But probably built a bit strangely because they've, built all the weapons before they've actually got the gun to fire. So, yeah, I, I do like uh, Drake London, but I, I will conclude they're the, a deal. Um, they're the only team in history to roster a top 10 wide receiver, a top 10 running back and a top 10 tight end. With a, with a round three quarterback. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's a bit mad, isn't it, really? When they've tried out a round four running back last year, he hit a thousand yards. So very weird way to build a team. Um, but I don't know, who are we? I will conclude a deal at some point because I'm conscious every week you get all these deals concluded. Maybe I need to stop asking for those thirds because asking for that nothing <laughs> third has thrown my massive deal in the bin this week. So uh, I've learnt my lesson, I think. <laughs> so let's move on to a quick little bit of uh, hard knocks talk. We won't go on too much because we've obviously uh, spent quite a lot of time. But um, for me, it was basically an Aaron Rodgers appreciation series. So this, these notes are basically after um, the first episode, but I saw episode two last night. I know you've seen it as well, but... Um, so we've got um, Nathaniel Hackett, for me, is a bit of a loser. Uh, I'm not that keen on uh, Robert Saller either. Um, the Sauce and Garrett Wilson battles um, were brilliant in camp. Uh, there were some nice moments of Rogers seemingly mentoring Zach Wilson, and he's obviously calling plays for him with the bomb to Malik Taylor as well. Quinn and Williams, massive nerd, and uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to hate his centre. But let's expand on some of that now that we've seen both episodes. Talk to me. Yeah, I think, you know, your point at the beginning is absolutely right. This is just an Aaron Rodgers PR piece, wasn't it, the first episode? And he's obviously taken a lot of heat in the media really the last couple of years. And people don't really like him because he's a massive weapon. You know, all the COVID stuff and living in a dark hole and he faked his COVID jabs and all this sort of stuff. Don't need to get into, but he doesn't come across that well, does he? And it seems almost that they're trying to really make him a face of the franchise. And I'm sure the New York media has got something to do with that. They need to have a proper face, don't they? And in fairness to him, he seems to come across fairly well in it. So uh, maybe maybe it's not as bad as we all thought he was. But Hackett is a proper bum, though, isn't he? An absolute loser. Yeah, he's an idiot. I'm, I'm, I'm no fan of him at all. He's basically got a job because he's Roger's mate. So, yeah, I'm not 
I'm not in on Robert Saller either. I think he's um, a, a massive, massive fraud. Yeah, agreed. All that stuff at the beginning about there was a budgie sitting on top of an eagle and all this sort of nonsense. I'm just not having it at all. Um, absolutely terrible. Decent to see Sauce Gardner against Garrett Wilson. I mean, that is proper just elite, elite offense player against uh, an elite defensive player. And just they're going to make each other better, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I know their favourite quote about iron sharpens iron, but it's really true with those two, isn't it? That was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Wilson gets the better one rep and then Source gets better the next rep. It's fantastic to see, really. So, uh, yeah, really nice. I mean, it was nice to see Rogers sort of mentoring Zach Wilson and, you know, calling plays. He genuinely seemed quite happy. And from what we said last week, I'm not out on Zach Wilson. I think if he can sit behind and actually learn from Rogers, do you think he came in as a rookie? And who was he learning from? Just nobody really in the building to to teach him how to play the position and didn't really go to a big school. He just looked like a rabbit in the headlights to me. So, um, yeah, I think there's still a path where he could almost do a Jordan Love and, you know, end up starting in a couple of years. So, yeah, one to watch, see what happens the next year or so. Yeah, I'm not out on Zach Wilson either. I think there's, there's a massive chance for him to learn. And he, I think Rogers is his idol as well, isn't he? Exactly. I mean, Quinn and Williams... Um, proper nerd but he's elite isn't he? he's finally healthy and just seems like a really really nice guy i remember when he got drafted and he sneezed and he blessed himself do you remember that a couple of years yeah, ago yeah, and yeah. he's obviously been um i think he blessed himself then he thanked himself didn't he so uh <laughs> yeah. but he's been paid serious money and uh, in the second episode he's just absolutely ex- exceptional and i think he got 11 sacks didn't he in the practice against the panthers he was just an absolute menace so Really, really good. Did you see the stuff about Rogers and, and the centre though. He's getting a bit of um, a bit annoyed at the way the ball was being snapped. Yeah, he didn't like the centre spiraling it, didn't he? But it was a nobody centre though. The guy whose name it was, because I because I think Tipman will end up there eventually, won't he? But yeah, the guy was a nobody, and now he's probably miles down the depth chart because of Rogers moaning about him. Yeah, he just didn't want the spin, did he? And then there was one snap that came back massively over his head. And I mean, in fairness, yeah. the centre's rubbish. I mean, he even said, "Was it high?" I mean, it was genuinely. You know, Darnell Washington wouldn't have picked that up. It was it was a joke. So, I mean, it's not the the most interesting series so far, but we'll always watch it and take massive uh, conclusions from it all. And a lot of fighting going on. Everyone's having a row and kicking off and scrapping each other. And I don't know. I quite like it all, to be fair. I think we need to talk about how bad that rookie show was, though. That was awful, wasn't it? Oh, Jesus. I, I didn't know what they, were they trying to do some sort of dance. I couldn't quite figure out what they were doing. It was awful. I mean, we've seen some decent ones over the years. I, I, there was a there's a famous Ravens one a few years ago where someone was mocking Shannon Sharp and it was absolutely spot on. But yeah, this one was terrible. Yeah, the Browns one a few years ago was quite decent. I think Baker came in and did a, an impression of Jack Dorsey, didn't he? That was excellent and, you know, all good fun. Um, I think Khalil Pimpleton last year was doing some sort of juggling. He was a bit of a loser, but it's funny. I just didn't understand what they were yeah. doing last night. It was so bad that everyone just started chucking, like, balled up bits of paper and booed them off, and they've got to do it again next week. And I don't know. People have just got people have got a bit soft. People are saying they're being bullied and it's hazing. I mean, come on. If you can't oh. put on a little show, it's just a bloody tradition, isn't it? And we've both played football, not um, American football, but there's always some sort of initiation type stuff and you just got to get on with it and play your part, haven't you? Yeah, that's all part of the team culture, isn't it? But um, I think CJ Mosley got up in the end and said, get off, come back next week, didn't he? He'd had enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I don't blame him at all. But it was so cringe. I nearly, I had to turn, like look away from the telly. It was proper David Brent type stuff. So, yeah, I mean, 
not uh, not impressive any of these rookies. It was absolutely tragic. <laughs> so that concludes us this week. So it's been quite a long one, but um, we'll be back next week with more news and Dynasty football-based content. So please don't forget to rate, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast. Also available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're available on Twitter at Adjust Ranks. We'll be back next week. Until then, my office remains open. And as always, league winners are still available from my facility.